You are listening to Zen and the Art of Triathlon. Well, hey there, all you triathlon studs and studettes. This is Coach Brett with another great episode of Zen and the Art of triathlon. I'm really excited about this show. We have some really cool content. First, we have the news with Tawny Prezak, and it's always awesome to have her on the show. We talk about a lot of different stuff, like uh, Crowey's disqualification at the Hawaii Half Ironman, about uh, Maca, Chris McCormick, uh, drafting, uh, lots of cool news, um, iPhones, things like that. And then we have an interview with Brandon Marsh. And I love this interview, one, because he's a, he's a true Texan, a lone Texan, as we call him. And he's got the, the coolest accent. And uh, it's he and I talking about uh, his swim at Ironman Texas. He swam a 46-minute and change Ironman swim at Ironman Texas. He won the swim straight out against uh, Olympians and, and just everybody and um, we have almost an hour interview with him talking about how he does his um, his swim training and then how he approached the swim how he executes the swim he also I think he won the swim at Kona last year so this is a really great interview I, I worked really hard to uh, to get him on the show and track him down and make this one happen because this one's really interesting and, and we can all learn tons from this one and then um, we have a, uh, oh, emails with uh, questions. We cover that, so there's a little bit of info in there. And then we do the full training log where I cover um, lots and lots of tips and tricks on how to execute training better and uh, using myself as the guinea pig. That's always a huge hit, so we have that. All right, let's get started with the show. I think we should start off with the news, always with the news. And here is Tawny Prezak. Here we go. All right, we are here with Tawny Prezak on the East Coast. Hello. How you doing? How's the connection? Is it okay? It was okay, except your head just froze while you were looking up, so it got yeah. weird there for, for a moment. <laughs> I'm actually connected to this. Um, my athlete has this, like, MiFi thing. Look at this. It's like a little... Oh, deal. yeah. A Wi-Fi So style. Yeah, because I'm staying in a condo that doesn't have Wi-Fi, um, so we're using that. So hopefully it holds strong for us. Um, but I do know that compared to yesterday where I was in Delaware, there's a lot better wife art service here in Maryland. I was out in Delaware yesterday, um, in Milton, Delaware. Have you ever been there before? No, but I know that Delaware is native American for slow internet. Yes, it was. I, I got to know the town of Milton very intimately driving all around looking for good service and did not find it. Although they are well known for one thing and that would be dogfish head brewery. Oh and yeah, yeah. The beer there was did not disappoint whatsoever, nor did the bratwurst and all that lovely things that we indulged in. So, so, you got to partake a little bit. I don't really drink too much beer, but I am a big fan of sampling beers. So yeah. you get the little like small pours, and Dogfish Head really does interesting. Like what they actually do is like they take ancient ancient recipes like recipes that are thousands of years old and uh -huh. they recreate them and they add like kind of like a modern spin on them and uh -huh. um 
delicious stuff. And they had a gluten-free beer, Tweezanale. Uh-huh. It was fabulous. I posted a picture of it yesterday uh-huh. on my Instagram. Oh, that reminds me, um, before we get into the news, you posted something about matcha and right. that you order it. And I was trying to find online. I want to try ordering it, but I don't know what brand or anything is well, or what to pay or China versus Japan. And Japan's got radiation. And China's not the real thing. You know, <laughs> it, it, the word... It's, it's like so going into the comments on, you know, when people grade it, you know, it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Ceremonial I'm grade. I, mean, I guess technically then I shouldn't even be swimming in the Pacific Ocean because there's radiation from Fukushima and I'm going to die. So, you yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, okay, so that one that I bought, it came from a trusted resource, a friend of mine, Lindsay Cotter, who's uh-huh. married to James Cotter, the professional triathlete. Uh-huh. And she is like health nut to the extreme, gluten-free, like super into everything that's quality so i saw she put po- her posting it on her instagram i was like all right well if it's good enough for her it's good enough for me bam buying <laughs> <laughs> i didn't do any research on it i okay. just trusted with me 100 percent on that one so <laughs> okay <laughs> i haven't even tried it yet either <laughs> do you know what brand it is what do you remember um i don't know we'll have to look at my instagram and search okay. back on it <laughs> okay well cool because i've started using more green tea and i was i was going to do matcha powder mixed in to um my uh, fuel bottle and my water for caffeine. Oh. So yeah, let me know how that works out for you. <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> let me know how that works. Oh uh, wait, out. hold on. I just, I just pulled. I'm trying to pull it up right now on my phone, so I don't want to just have like dead silence. But okay. uh, I can't really see the brand name there. <laughs> so exciting! I know. So this is your first time on the East Coast. My first time on the East Coast, it so far has been awesome. There's a lot of green trees around here. It's very, uh, yeah, compared to California, Southern California. Yeah. It's like you're living, it's like you're a flea living inside of a big green comforter totally. or something. Yeah. Totally. So. It's really humid too, right? It's actually not, I mean, it's definitely humid. And we when we got off the plane, there was like that just, oh, there it is sort of feeling. But it's not that bad. Like, I know last year Eagle Man was really, really... Uh, mild conditions compared to what they've had in the past in terms of humidity and wind and all that. And so far, this year's looking to be the same way. And this today, as we speak, it's Saturday, the day before the race. Yeah. And it's really nice outside. Like, if it's like this tomorrow, people are going to be stoked racing. Yeah. The thing you'll notice when you get away from California and you start going east, especially east coast and south coast, is um, the weather changes dramatically hour to hour even and in california it takes days for the weather to really change and there it'll change just yeah in a few hours it'll it'll be from pleasant to oh my god we're all gonna die to um oh wow this is really pretty again like in a day (laughs) (laughs) we're all gonna die (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's what it seems like um hopefully you can experience you know like a really badass thunderstorm so I know we're here for a full week, so hopefully. Oh yeah, you'll get something. something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what it, that. Yeah, unlike California, where it takes like a week for there to be like a, you know, a major shift. You know, you'll get two or three thunderstorm events in a week, in uh Okay. In cool. the rest of the United States. Are right, you ready to cover some news? Are you there? Start off with Chloe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, Sorry. you were you were a little Skypey there for a second, but it came back. It stays. Um, is it doing okay? Yeah, it's okay. Okay. All right. Um, let's talk about Crowy first. This is, I'm, I'm, I was like totally shocked when I was, where was I last week? 
I was in my car and I was like pissed at my phone because I thought the results were like getting jacked up like on the phone. Uh-huh. And um, I then, because it was like, why is Crowey's time faster than like all these guys yet he's like at the bottom of the rankings? What the hell is going on with my phone? Oh, okay. <laughs> and then I later found out that he was DQ'd. So even though he got second, his name had been like dropped down to the bottom at Hanu 70.3 if no one knows what we're talking about at this point. But... Yeah, this is crazy to me. I think well, one I think I think many things about this. <laughs> one, he was very professional about yes. it, right? Which was perfect because people want him to. People expect somebody to be pissed or whatever, and he was like, "No, I messed up. I should have known better." Right? And then um, another one is I'm on the side that he should have been DQ'd um, because I heard an argument that. Well, he's a he's a professional triathlete. It doesn't really matter that much, you know. But then, um, uh, then I thought, well, if you let people of privilege, because a pro is kind of a privileged athlete, uh, get away with breaking some rules, then other people see that and then start doing it too. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, you got people, you know, breaking rules left and right because at this race you can do that because okay. because of that. So my my question though is. Mm-hmm. What, what, where was his head at? Because obviously he raced Kona last year in the same kind of uh, sleeved tri suit. There, you know, that was the first time he had ever worn it. And obviously he didn't screw up in that race. He rolled it down like all the pros are doing. Yeah. I mean, so what happened at Haunt? Did he just totally brain fart and completely forget or something? I think it's a mix of no, no, no. He said that was the only one he had. I think he was trying to get away with it, knowing that it doesn't really matter, you know? Like, it wasn't going to make any difference. Finish, yeah. Yeah. And, and every, and people are right. It does not matter. Like that shoulder covering. And if it does, it's who knows. It's, you know? There's no way it's a benefit. I yeah. mean, those suits in general, they're more for like sun protection, right? And maybe a little aero advantage on aero the bike. Aero advantage on the bike. Yeah. Um, but obviously in swimming, there's not going to be any right. advantage. So, but yeah, I just don't know why he would remember to do it in Kona last year in October, but try to get away with it and or forget or whatever it was here in Hanu. So, so what are you saying? They, I thought I heard somebody else say this too. They, they roll them up and then put them, they under roll the... them down. They unzip it. So think about like, if you have like a one piece tri suit, you unzip it in the back and then right. you just like, I actually saw Jesse Thomas this morning at Eagle man doing that exact thing. He, in his pro Azumi kit, um, warming right. up on the swim out there. You just like, like bibs you know you just take the top half off and then stuff that in your speed suit or your um swim scan or whatever and then when you're coming out of t1 or into t1 you're unzipping your swim skin and then pulling up your tri kit at the same time and then putting it on oh oh okay that's what i'm saying like in kona last year he did that so why did he forget to do it in hanu this year and then also as a like, I, there wasn't that big of a pro field there, but none of his other pros like hooked him up and were like, "Hey, Crowley, hey, by dude, the way, you what that. you're doing is illegal." Like, if it were me, okay, obviously Crowley's tough competition; he would have gotten second. But they're all bros to some degree. Like, yeah. how come a brother didn't hook someone up? I know, <laughs> with like, "Hey, dude, I don't think you can do that." Yeah, um, jacked up. Or if someone knew i mean maybe they were i didn't know it. about the, okay so now i understand because i was like man because he said that was the only one he had right he got to hawaii and that was yeah. the only one he had their custom made or whatever and i would have i would have been like well, i'll just cut the sleeves off you know so that 
no, yeah, so you that I could race and not get disqualified. No, it's not about that. It's just about the yeah. fact that you can just fold you can just it roll, down. Yeah, so I didn't even know that. Yeah, that's bizarre, isn't it? That he didn't do that. Totally. I mean, and this is because those suits are becoming. I think they're great suits. I love the way they look on guys. I think they look like they're super advantageous on many levels. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if you're going to have a non wetsuit swim, like, and it's an issue. Um, the other thing, I saw this on Slow Twitch yesterday, a, like a conspiracy theory that they did it on purpose. So, because the suit is made by Louis Garneau, mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, maybe it's a conspiracy theory that they wanted him to do that because now look how much publicity this new oh. trike is getting for Louis Garneau. But okay. also, that's kind of slow twitchy, putting it yeah. really far out there, you know? I like that. <laughs> slow twitchy is, a, is an adjective. <laughs> okay, so, all right. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. Hmm. I, you know, it actually made theory. me think about my own situation, and thankfully you'll be posting this after tomorrow, because I actually might still swim at Eagle Man tomorrow, depending uh -huh. on how my shoulder feels. Um, but I don't know if I'm supposed to wear it. Like, if it's wearing my wrist brace, is that would that get me DQ'd because it's yeah. considered like a paddle? I would worry about your hand hitting somebody or something like I that. Know. You're so aggressive out there. You, know, you start punching people. Where's your wrist brace right now? Why aren't you wearing it's, it? It's drying. I just worked out. It's actually, my wrist is, I, I don't think I'm going to swim because my yeah. wrist is kind of swollen and jacked up today. I swam this morning out in the Choptank yeah. River in the Chesapeake Bay, uh -huh. um, and it's kind of hurting right now. So, so you are like the most difficult person to keep a cast on, it seems like. <laughs> You're going to be Project Broken Wing hashtag like forever. Doctors. <laughs> hey, at least I'm not racing Eagle Man. I, at least I came to my senses and decided to do something smart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, once a year, you know, do something smart. So, Anyways. Um, uh, how about, let's talk about Angela One. She's so cool. I'm so yeah. stoked for her. I and think she spent some, it looked like she was spending time in Kona before the race, too, to kind of get acclimated and acclimatized. Yeah, too. yeah. I, I follow her uh, loosely. So I'm not creepy, you know, but I'm like a super fan. <laughs> and yeah, so like, you know, you stalk her ball. Well, you don't have to anymore because you just, <laughs> you just, you know, like uh, subscribe to somebody or follow somebody on Twitter. And it's you do, crazy. How and if they post a bunch, you don't, yeah. there's, there's no need to stalk anybody anymore. So it's like, oh yeah, it looks like she's in Hawaii. And yeah, I think she was there early and um, I talk with her every once in a while and uh, was giving her swim tips on training. Oh, and, cool. Um, and she thinks that I'm I'm a much better swimmer than I am, so I'm going with it and giving her tips. And then um, because I do, I I used to swim a lot, you know, and so like, and I I know things, and so I'm like, well, have you tried this and have you tried that, you know, giving her ideas. And um, she came out of the water, um, with less than a minute than the leaders, and for a, somebody that didn't come from a swimming background, that's really good. Yeah. So I'm pretty stoked. Um, yeah, so if I you double that, it, and that's that's Hawaii, right? So you double that and then add a little bit. So let's say two minutes and then maybe another another minute or two. So four minutes behind, three minutes behind the leaders, like if she was doing Kona, mm -hmm. then um, that's that's not bad, you know? So She had a great day. I mean, yeah. obviously we all know her bike is her extreme strength, but across the board, you know, it looks like she had uh, one of the fastest runs too. So. Oh yeah, she's she's, fast freak, run, she's a machine. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And. I was actually impressed to see um, Bree Bree Wee run her way up to second place because you know she just did full Ironman. She, she did whatever. Texas. 
Yeah. Yeah, because I remember her running by, and I was like, she's got a physique. Like, like she's muscular. Yeah, she ran. This chick runs by that's just like super buff, you know, and she doesn't tend to wear much. I think when she runs, yeah. so there's a whole lot of buff like hanging out <laughs> and bouncing, going by, yeah. and it's not fat, and it's just like it's awesome when you watch it go by. And I was like, what the hell is that thing, you know? And then she goes by several times probably. And then I later saw pictures, you know, in the race re- race recap. And I was like, oh, that's Bree Wee. That's what she looks like. I, that, you, you just hear the name or read the name in writing and you never forget it, you know? Yeah. And then so I was like, oh, that's what Bree Wee looks like. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, she's pretty spectacular. And then. I like her. Yeah, it looks like the race went down pretty well all around. Yeah, have you done that race before? No, I've never been to Hawaii. All right, I haven't either. I want to do that race, so I know it would be a difficult. Like the run just looks brutally tough, running on the grass and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, on a golf definitely course. Definitely bucket list race for sure. Yeah. Let's see. Okay, um, Apple. Let's. It's not exactly triathlon news, but I think we ought to do this. A lot of triathletes are in the high tech stuff. Yeah. And so Apple had their developer conference the other day. And that's different than a hardware release stuff, right? So what they do is they go, in the new operating system, there's going to be this, you know, for the, for the phone, for the pad, and iPhone, iPad, and the uh, Mac, you know, whatever. And, you know, there's all this, all this talk about them coming out with a watch someday because Samsung has, all these people have, the Fitbit and all that stuff. And um, they revealed this new built-in app and by built-in i mean it's kind of like the notepad app or email or like calendar you know so it's like it's pretty substantial like Mm -hmm. a core thing and um and it will accept input uh from external devices health devices so um and the reason they announce that kind of stuff at this conference is because they're telling the develop it's a developers conference. Hey, there's going to be this new opportunity for you to program things and may- maybe make money off of it or something like that, right? So some apps. So you could see like uh, Garmin and Sunto and all these other people going, oh, um, let's write some programs to take all of our or make sure that our our gadgets and our data can be fed into this thing, right? And then they were showing examples of like you take when you go in to see your doctor and the Mayo Clinic was their big example because I think they have some tie-ins with them. Um, You just show them your phone and your phone's been collecting all this stuff in a standardized way that now your doctor, your physician or your clinic can actually look at. That's cool. I mean, it looks like to me then by I I had a chance to briefly look over the link that you sent me, but being able to give your doctor a bigger picture of what you are doing, who you are, mm-hmm. rather than just like numbers from blood test results. Although I did see you can have your blood test results part of this whole. Yeah. List. Well, just think about it. We go in to see my my best doctor ever was this old guy, and it turned out he was about to retire, and that's why he was so good because he didn't care about patients anymore, right? Like <laughs> like the number of patients. So he would just sit there and just listen to me talk until I was done. And I mean, I've never seen a doctor. A doctor's usually you're in, and then they got to rush you out because they got to see yep. somebody else, because they've got to pay off all their investment and overhead and, and all this you know equipment stuff that they've got and their clinic and whatever. And um, so this guy would just listen to me, and then he would give me a response, and we'd kind of think about it for a while. And um, I had some like old injuries and stuff I was trying to work through, and to think that 
a doctor is really more like a therapist, you know, and an interpreter trying to read through the bullshit that the patient's trying to screen them with. (laughs) You know, well, it doesn't and hurt that bad. Or like, yeah. oh, I eat good most of the time. Yeah, I eat well. I get plenty of sleep, you know, whatever. <laughs> and it's such crap, you know, and the doctor could work so much better if, if he or she knew, like, what was really going on. Yeah, and, that's a good point. Like, I use that sleep cycle mm-hmm. app. Um, have yeah. you heard of this one before? Yeah, yeah. So every night I know literally how many hours I slept and then, like, the quality of it, you know, like, mm-hmm. it, somehow you put it face down um where you sleep and it measures, you know, when you're in deep sleep or not deep sleep and all that kind of stuff. And to be able to show that to a doctor to, again, put a, put a uh, part of the bigger picture is a great idea. I love it. Yeah. But I just went with my dad to go to see his doctor and he's got, uh, he's got mild Parkinson's and, um, but he's got all these other crazy symptoms that they're trying to figure it out. You know, what, what causes what? And they, they're like, well, we'll yeah. give you this medicine. There's all these like side effects and crap, you know, it's just bad. And then, um, so he's trying to tell the doctor something, and my mom is sitting there shaking her head, going, "No, that's not what's happening," you know. And then, and then the doctor, I realize, and then the doctor has to deal with me, you know, because I think I know everything about everything. So I'm telling him, you know, well, <laughs> sleep apnea and all of it, you know. And so, uh, and so I'm like, this guy. I hope that in medical school they get like a a year of counseling and therapy to. Um, like how to do counseling and therapy because it's it's getting the data out of the patients, you know, That's a good point. and understanding the body language when a patient's lying to you and things like that, and yeah. you can, and then and so you can get rid of a lot of that with a uh, with a standardized uh, in, input, you know, like something that they can read that your like you were saying your blood pressure and your heart rate and all this other stuff over the time over time, and then think about. Um, with something that's standardized that most people have in their pocket, um, how that'll influence people's knowledge of health, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, my iPhone says I'm not getting enough sleep, you know, or my iPhone says, and everybody knows what you're talking about, you know, oh, well, to get more sleep, you need to do this, or I'm not, my heart, my heart rate's too high, you know, or, you know, like all this stuff, because everybody's talking on the same language now. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm, I, I'm sure then you could probably tie in, um, like, food logs, food diaries. Yeah, like a standardized one, though. Yeah. Yeah, you know, because, like, I think a huge thing is looking at um, macronutrient ratios for people. Like, how many carbs ah. are you actually eating? Yeah. And you, like, could see it on, like, a pie graph or something, like some of these apps do. And then being able to show that to your doctor, your nutritionist, or your mm-hmm. coach, even for that matter, like... The idea of that is just, I as a coach, like, I think we've talked about this before. It's not just helping people, like, figure out what workout they need to do tomorrow. It's about, like, making them healthier, better, well-rounded people. Right. Then you can go um, so work I, out that, more because you're healthier. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that that sounds like cool stuff to me because it sounds easy, like, from then the practitioner's point of view to be able to just look at data all in one spot versus having to... <laughs> sign into like multiple accounts and remember passwords yeah. and all that kind of junk. If, if everybody's coming in with an Android or an iPhone, right? So you got like two, maybe a third standard that that doctor has seen that so many times he could be like, okay, look, you're trying to do low carb, but you're working out, you know, so many hours a day, that low carb is too low. You know, that's yeah. why you feel like crap or uh, what that much fat. Okay. That's a little bit ridiculous, you know, or, um, but then you can compare it to other people that are around you that are doing the same thing. Cause everybody's got it. It'd be pretty neat. Yeah, definitely. So wait, is that actually out yet or is it just like in beta testing? It's in mode? beta, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
awesome. I'm excited about that for sure. I'm gonna. I can't wait till that's out because that's something I would promote to the athletes that I work with. Um, cool. And it could help with triathletes too. Again, like you said, just to make them not so. I'm so smart. I know everything. Or maybe they do, <laughs> and they find out that they are perfect. Triathletes <laughs> are the most healthy and knowledgeable people in the world. Is the result that it would find out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right so this uh nine-year-old kid swam across this lake around near my house parents isn't that crazy what kind of parents let a kid do that (laughs) so we're talking about my kid later on in the podcast i have an interview with him and uh i couldn't stop him he wanted to do it more than anything he is such a badass. Yeah. He does like bike races, triathlon, swimming. So oh that was God. on Sunday that he swam. It's a 1.2 mile swim. He did it by himself. I got in the water with him next to him. And he was so cute. He's like, I would stop him, you know, like, hey, are you, how you feeling? You know, you, you want to keep going? Yeah, because we have a kayak with us too, a friend in a kayak. And Kai just smiles and is like, thumbs up. You know, he's got these goggles on. He's wearing my swim cap from Ironman Texas and loving oh. it. You know, he's just like, oh, and so makes- it's so cute. And he's just like, yeah, let's keep going. And I go, you're not tired? And he's like, no. And I'd stop him again. And I'm like, you cool? Because that's when we swam across um, Lake Tahoe and stuff. You, yeah. you stop every once in a while and eat, you know, just to, yeah. there's no time. You know, it's just, just getting across is a big deal. Yeah. And uh, he goes, um, I go, uh, are you scared? You know, we're out in the middle of this lake and there's boats around us, you know, and there's like marsh over there and rocks over there it's kind of spooky you know and you yeah. can't see anything in this lake and uh he's like no like he looks at me like i'm crazy like what do you mean why would i be scared and i'm like dude i would be terrified you know and then so uh we got out on the other side and he wanted to swim back at first and he had slowed Sweet. down on the way out um towards the end and i was like uh let's sit here and think about it for a while and then after a while, I go, do you still want to swim back across? And he goes, nah, I'm done. <laughs> That's a good call, Dad. Um, so wait, how much is Kai swimming then? To swim 1.2 miles, how, is he is he practice and train? Like, and not necessarily train, but he's not no, like he a team. train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, um, have, how often is he in the pool having fun swimming? Yeah, so this is a good guideline. So parents that have kids on swim team would know like yeah. what your kid could do um, if, he, if he or she wanted to is he swims probably three times a week um, with a triathlon team uh, for an hour. That's it. Okay. So in this uh, 1.2 miles uh, in calm, open water took just under an hour. So it took 57 minutes. That's impressive. And uh, so if you've got a kid that's around nine years old that's on swim team and you want them to swim like a mile or something like that, open water, they totally can. Like, it's not a problem whatsoever. When uh, they're in swim team, like, what's the longest set that, the longest distance that they'll swim in the pool? Like, 500s or anything longer than I that? I don't think they're doing 500s. Um, what I did was I got in the water with them, and I stopped them every five minutes. Okay. And, okay. Um, and we would just sit there and tread water. And Wetsuit or no wetsuit? No wetsuit. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I was just, I forced them to stop. And, like, we're going to sit here and hang out for a minute. That way I could kind of, like, check on him and make sure he was Yeah. Fine. Yeah, and he was more than fine. He was totally fine. Like, he thought I was crazy for slowing down and stopping. So. Dude, that kid's going to be on fire. 
Yeah. I love it. It sounds like you guys are doing a really like just let him decide if this is stuff he wants to do. But yeah, don't, I don't time, push it on him at all because you can get burned out yeah. in swimming. He was on swim team a couple years ago or a year ago, and we took him off after a while. Or we didn't re-sign up the next year. It was too tiring, you know, too much for him and doing yeah. everything else he was doing, soccer and swim team and all this other stuff. So at the same time, yeah. and yeah. boys, boys, Cub Scouts, and we were like, nah, it's too much. So That's cool. And wait, so he was on the news about this? Whole oh, yeah. <laughs> so I did... Uh, I did something that, that a lot of people I think are uh, don't think to do or think that the um, that news companies don't would be annoyed by or whatever, and I immediately took the pictures by email and a video and emailed them to the local TV station and to the local newspaper, and um, and I think the thing is is let the let the TV station and the, new, and the newspaper decide if they want to run it or not, you know. Yeah. If they do, they do. If they don't, they don't. You know, and they did. They wanted to run it, so they they did a little Good. minute long little video. Of, of that's the uh, kind of news I like watching. I don't even want to watch death. I know, and, and it's a nice alternative. They were like so happy that somebody had sent this in. They were like, and then super did he go save a kitten out of a tree after he got out of the <laughs> <laughs> He was the Dairy Queen treat of the day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome! That's so Texas, you know. Brought dairy, to you dairy, by Dairy Queen. Brought to you by Dairy Queen. Which is very ironic because here's Kai doing something healthy that's probably fighting childhood obesity brought to you by Dairy Queen. Oh, but what's really funny is he'll do anything <laughs> for a milkshake, right? Oh, okay. So I told him, he, he asked me cautiously like a few weeks ago, so if we swim this, will I be able to get a milkshake when I get out? And I go, dude, you do this. I'll, I'll, get, I'll let you have a medium milkshake, not a small <laughs> one because those are huge, you know. Well, at least he kind of gets the whole idea of like you got to work if you're going to indulge like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in a way, it was yeah totally not fitting, and another way, it was totally cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, good for Kai, man. Let's keep an eye on this kid. (laughs) Seriously, Uh, he's no speed demon. He's not gifted, you know, like crazy. He's just he's just brave, you know. Nice. I would do yeah. like the concept of running more than five minutes when I was nine years old would never even cross my mind. Oh, so to add, add to this that the day before I took him to uh, Sam Houston National Park where they do the Rocky Raccoon 100 and I went running for two hours and he rode a mountain bike for two hours real slow. But next to me while I trail ran for two hours the day before he did two hours of mountain biking the day before. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> this kind of base conditioning, man, yeah. like, well, like it's, that yeah. it's possible and you just you just do it slow and just enjoy it, you know? And have yeah, fun. Yeah. yeah. I love it's it. It's an alternative fam- to video games, you know? Absolutely. That's, yeah. you know, kind of the family vibe that I grew up in, too. Like, you know, our house is always out on the weekends doing fun activities and whatnot. Um, yeah. So it's good stuff for so sure. So let's move on to another person that's kind of good and Maka. I was impressed. This, wow. I have, like, I know he wins a lot of, like, the smaller races still, but I haven't seen him win a 70.3 or, like, Something big for. So which race was it though? Was it Japan something? Japan seventy. It was an Ironman brand one. It was seventy point three. Yeah. So I mean, a big, pretty big race. Maka just straight up won yeah. the thing, which is cool because yeah, just like you're saying, we haven't really seen him, or it, it just seems like, you know, he's not racing all that much, but man, he does a lot of the small, tiny things. Like I know yeah. he's doing a lot with Challenge because he's like working them now and then he'll do like these random pop-up events in like thailand or wherever he's living these days um but in terms of like an actual like 
you know, Iron Man brand vent. I haven't seen him do anything for a while. Yeah. And let alone get a win. Um, apparently I was, uh, he won, uh, and the top three guys, including him were all part of, what is that place in Thailand where the training like facility? That oh yeah. Thai Pura or whatever it's called. Yeah. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, um it's but, Pura. Yeah. Um, yeah, they all yeah. train together there. So they like swept the podium. So, so it's this, it, it's this training facility that he got hired by as a consultant or as their VP. Incredibly amazing. Like and, he actually, it was so worth it. Like he actually moved his whole family out there. Yeah. So he moved, um, he became like their brand ambassador or their VP of something. And, uh, and he's in charge of trying to get people out there to live and train and stuff. And it's like, yeah, it's this unbelievably cool tanya pura tanya pura is that how you pronounce it probably tanya pura yeah and he's the executive chairman of the island's facility and it's i want to go there it's in phuket yeah it looks pretty amazing yeah so yeah, yeah so and he's also you know big with the challenge races so it was kind of cool to see him do an iron man one and and win <laughs> Yeah, I think what he's forty. He's right around the same age as like these guys, early forties. So yeah, he's forty-one you know, or forty-two. I'm still under the impression that forties a new thirty when it comes to a lot of these guys in triathlon. Yeah, um, yeah I think like because I'm forty-one or almost forty-one, and uh, I'm forty, and I feel like I'm just just as you know fit and as strong as I as I as at any point in my life, but really? the, the urge to go train for iron man like at that level is just kind of fading a little bit like to be like super super competitive at uber long distance you're like man i kind of want to enjoy like some other stuff you know yeah so yeah. and at that at that at that level these pros you know you can't afford to be one percent two percent three percent off you got to be all in you know and he's yeah. got kids and stuff like that so three yeah Little ones. Um, actually, that reminded me. So it was a year ago, or just about a year ago. He was actually out in Southern California, mm -hmm. uh, and this was really cool. I've been able to race with him several times now because oh, Maca yeah. is one of those guys that loves to come out to the local events. Uh -huh. And um, last year we both did a double. It was a sprint triathlon on Saturday, which we both won overall, which was really fun being able to share the podium with Maca. Are you serious? Yeah, um, oh small race. It's the only race I've ever won overall. And actually, it just happened again today. Um, it's in Huntington Beach, California. So, And then the following morning, there was another race that was like several hours away from the coast. Um, or maybe not that long, like a couple hours uh, more inland uh -huh. that we both showed up to. I didn't win that one too. Of course, he did. But unfortunately, I was like second or third overall. Oh, um, golly. How can you live with yourself? I know. I was like, I went <laughs> home and cried for the rest of the evening it was really depressing <laughs> just kidding <laughs> but no that's you know one of the things i've always liked about maca is that he uh say what you will about him but he loves the sport and it's really clear especially i've been able to kind of silently watch him interact with people at these oh. small like mom and pop races yeah, and you can just awesome. tell he really loves it like yeah. he's like sure mate like i'll sign your leg <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. sure whatever so yeah, yeah i love him I, He's so yeah, cool. I, I definitely have a good um, fun times for sure. So, okay, um, but yeah, I'm stoked to see him win seventy point three. 
Do you know what he's like? Is he making like? Is he trying to go for Kona at any point or anything like that, or is he just sort of like going with so. the flow? I don't think yeah. so. Um, when is Roth? I th- what if he's going to race Roth? July usually, I think. Yeah, maybe maybe he'll race Roth. Uh, he probably will, for people right. that don't know, it's it's Challenges Premier Iron Distance in Germany, and it's yeah. uh, it's incredible. So yeah. it's their Kona. Um, I would go out there to drink the beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've seen pictures of like the spectators at that race too, though. Uh-huh. I mean, it's known as the fastest course in the world, right? And then also one of the best spectator scenes that you've ever seen. Totally. So yeah, it looks like the Tour de France with that. crowds like five, six deep, ten deep, you know, on either side as people yeah. are trying to ride and run yeah. through it. Yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah. All, All right. right. So I have an idea okay. about undercover drafting marshals. And this goes back to a news story where at Brazil, somebody has a blog where they post drafting cheaters. And oh, really? Yeah. And that's where this all came from. So he posted a bunch of This is just what he does, you know. And I'm sure there's good and bad of it. A lot of stuff is shown. But then some people get shown as drafters when they're not really. And it causes controversy. Because everything, perspective from the camera, you know. And, like, it's hard to tell sometimes. And But this one, this one, uh, what was her name? You said Sarah. Sarah Gross. Sarah she won Gross. overall. Yeah. Her first time winning an Ironman. Her first Ironman ever to win. Um, she gets special coverage in this blog of tons and tons of photos of her drafting quote unquote video too, right? behind and video behind these huge packs of guys and um but if you know anything about the sport this is um more of a problem that pro women talk about that they get stuck in with really fast a true guys on the bike extremely valid point too yeah. and then if you look at the video yeah like the it's um you know really congested and and to get around the draft pack is so fast that to get around the draft pack is almost impossible because they're going so fast. Once you get out in front of them, they're going to swallow you back up again. So you're stuck in this position, and what do you do? You know. And in the the Iron Man Texas episode I did, that made me think. You know, like, well, that girl that I was bitching about that was drafting off these guys. Well, I saw that twice. That was not somebody that couldn't get around somebody and that couldn't do whatever. You know. Like, that was freaking drafting, straight up. You know, yeah. it was a group that they were all, not just her, they were all jerks for doing what they were doing. But it is, like, you got to be careful when you call people out for this kind of stuff. And you got to know that this, this one weird thing that happens in our sport with the pro women getting stuck behind uh, fast guys. And yeah. then, um, so anyway, people were on Slow Twitch were trying to come up with theories of what to do. And it was really a really good thread because it was really powerful powerfully directed at dan empfield and slow twitch in general like do something about this we are not going to sit here and take this anymore you've got the power in the industry dan who's the the owner of the slow twitch forums and uh um start talking to people and do something about this you know we are pissed off and so there's a bunch of ideas going around like what are things that can be done a lot of them are like real high tech drones and RFID and things like that, you know, to make sure people are spread out. And then uh, there was this one idea that I came up with, which was um, undercover draft marshals. And if somebody, whenever I don't draft, but I know that when I get stuck behind somebody and I'm, and I'm like, crap, I might get called for drafting because I'm behind this person and I want to get around them and it's, and it's hard. What is the first thing I do? 
I look for a motorcycle, right? I look for drafting marshals, right? So that I don't get in trouble, you know? That, well, like, whole, like, I, yeah. Right? Yeah, and, and then I'm like, is there, is there a drafting marshal around? Crap, I got to get around this guy, but I'm worried it's going to take me a long time. You know, how fast do I need to get around this guy? Because there's a, is there a drafting marshal, like, right here? So you look for drafting marshals. And then, um, so drafting marshals are a deterrent. And then the other thing is, um, who are the people that see drafting going on all the time, right? They get pissed off by it. So who's allowed to see drafting happen um, uh, blatantly? And it's other riders, right? So if you, dis- if you hide draft marshals as other riders, then the person, the people that are drafting... Um, can no longer say, well, because there's no draft marshal around, I know I can draft, right? Yeah. And then um, the other, the hidden draft marshals would be embedded, and so they would actually see it happening and be able to call people out because they look just like anybody else. And Iron Man, for example, and these other companies have no trouble getting volunteers for races. Actually, I will. Um, last night, I've been hearing here at Eagle Man, they're like extremely desperate for one re- or for whatever reason. For volunteers? So, yeah, which is like yeah. completely unheard of, especially for a race that has this much history. But I'm not, yeah. I don't need to get into that. I just, that's, I totally agree. Usually, volunteers are, you know, in a plethora. Yeah, I've done a race where so, the, half the volunteers never showed up, and then it ended up screwing up the race royally. So. <laughs> That it's that's an interesting concept. The whole the undercover. So would they be on motorcycles still though? The undercover. No, no, they're on bicycles. They're riding. They're riding. They look just like another triathlete riding. Okay. Oh, so you basically have people go out to ride, but wouldn't that just create more traffic if you already have a couple thousand people on a course? You only need like ten. You know. Yeah. And then you have to trust that there's not going to be a human bias unless there's videos or something attached. Right. I mean, that's why the whole idea of the drone, while expensive and definitely has potential flaws. Like, did you hear about that drone that fell on the yeah, track? Hit like, that person. Like, what the hell? Like, that's it, it was like it was some random race, and it, she was like the lead woman, and it like seriously like injured her. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> drones. There's RFID where you can Uh-oh. tell how yeah, far apart people are somehow. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear uh- me? Hello. Did I lose you? Oh yeah, yeah, we're good. Okay, we're good. All right. I think we're good. Okay. Um. So. Yeah, you know, getting back to Sarah though, did you read her blog by any chance? No, I read an interview with her on Slow on Twitch. Slow. I, think. I didn't read yeah. that. I read her blog, and the only reason I read it is because the real Starkey like commented on Twitter. It was like. Call, he's like, oh, basically she's admitting to drafting here some BS, you know, just trying to create yeah. real starky commotion. And I, <laughs> I saw a couple people follow up and be like, real starky, you're unfollowed after, like, you know, accusing her of drafting. Yeah. But basically she kind of touched on it and was, like, just saying, like, dude, you just get stuck behind these massive packs of age group guys and it's like what the hell are you supposed to do like you can only make so many surges before you just have to like sit up out of your bars and be like all right well you know i can't like sit on the back of the pack but i can't go any faster so here i am now 15 miles an hour or whatever it is you know yeah well but you're doing you're doing 25 but without having to try 
but you can't get around that because it's yeah, 25. Yeah, you're still getting the benefit of the draft. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, technically it's, it's 25 without trying, but you can't get around them because you need to go 25 points. As soon as they swallow you up again, and then that's the other thing. They see a girl pass them. Guys get motivated all the time. I'll let some girl pass me, and then they pa- catch up with her again. Oh, God. And then, uh, and then Can I tell you how many times I've seen that happen in training? <laughs> like people I don't even know. Like I'll just be climbing a hill and like this guy, I'll pass a guy who's like going kind of slow. All of a sudden as I pass him, like not even necessarily trying to, just going riding my own ride. And yeah. then, you know, hey, well, what a surprise. There you are riding yeah. my butt, passing me back. Yeah, it, it's, not, <laughs> it's not always a girl thing. Like because I'll pass somebody and the next thing I know, they're going harder to try to keep up with me, you know, and then... But um, I've done it, you know, a girl will pass me and I'm like, I'm just so inspired. I'm like, holy shit, that chick's <laughs> badass, you know, I'm going to, I got to try to ride with her for a little bit and then I give up, you know. Um, one time I caught up to a pro female a long, long time ago in a race and uh, Andrea Fisher, I go, I go, hey, Andrea, because I interviewed her or something like that. It's Brett. <laughs> and she goes, oh, hi, how you doing? And we're climbing up a hill. And I go, okay, well, I'm done now, like that, and then fell off because I could not keep up with her at all. Yeah. I just, I just wanted to say hi, like that. So, I know my limits, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a sticky situation, though. You know, it's like, I think the easy solution is just going to be separating the pro starts uh, more adequately more. Yeah. from the age groupers. I mean, what's the problem with doing that? That's an easy solution. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all for it. All so and yeah. I know that was the issue in Kona, like in the women not feeling like they were getting a fair race. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Wow. But I did not know that you won a race overall. I'm still thinking about that. That's pretty bad. Oh uh, well, it's just like a small race. Yeah, so. still though, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my one victory. It was fun. It definitely was a. Um, it, it's a good feeling, no matter how, like, oh, no yeah. matter what the field is like. There, it was a sand run too, on deep sand in the beach. Yeah. So that was a tough, tough little morning. Well, but. that's because you're a grommet kid, you know? Like, you grew up hanging on to somebody's swimsuit all the time, so you, you know how to do sand. Yep, that is so. true. All right, so do you have any um, insider info on Eagle Man? Well, um, even though this is like, by the time you post this podcast, Eagle Man will be old, old news, I'm guessing, because uh, we're the day before the race now, so anything I can say at this point is going to be old news, but... Uh, let's see. Maybe I'll make some race predictions and see if they come. Oh, yeah. Through. You should tell me, like, 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 what's going on. We'll post it, and it'll be funny listening after the race what actually came, what actually yeah. happened. Okay, so how's the weather yeah. going to be, do you think? It's going to be fantastic? No problems? Well, I've talked to the locals, uh-huh. and <laughs> they're all thinking that it's going to stay pretty mellow. Um, okay, cool. And I'm going to be, I definitely am like going to take the optimistic route with and be right there with them. Like we've been, I've been here since Thursday now and every day has been super mellow. Like, I mean, it's going to be humid. It's going to be a little windy, but nothing extreme like 30 mile an hour winds like crazy like that. I think there is a 30% chance of rain as of now. So to me, that means 0% chance of rain. But then again, I'm a, I'm a West Coast girl, not an East Coast girl. So Yeah, and rain could change. either mean pleasant rain or it could mean violent thunderstorms. You know, you, you never know. Yeah. So. Um, then with the pros, I think the men's field looks like it's more stacked than the women's. It's like Jesse Thomas, Bevan Doherty, T.O., Tim O'Donnell, um, Tim Don, and maybe a few more. And, you know, those are like all like guys who are going to – yeah, that's give us good. a good show. Give good me family. a good show since 
Uh, I think... <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know who I have my money on. I think Bevan's going to be one to fight, but I think Jesse Thomas... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think T.O. can maybe outrun Jesse Thomas. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. And then the women... Caitlin Snow and Heather Wartell uh-huh. and Kim Schwabenbauer and that's all I really know off the top of my head. There might be more, but I haven't looked at the pro list, only what I've been hearing around. Okay. But Caitlin Snow and Heather Wartell, that will make for a really good run race. Yeah. Um, I think Heather might bite, outbite Caitlin just a tad, uh-huh. but if Caitlin can catch up to her on the run, they'll, they'll like run stride by stride for sure, and I will be loving watching that because I'm actually going to go run out on the course tomorrow and do as much observing and cheering and all that as possible. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, well, I got to bail. I got a, a phone call with somebody here in a little bit. Me too. I have an athlete doing a half Ironman tomorrow on the West Coast that so I got to talk to him about. It's supposed to be like over 100 degrees where he's racing. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, golly. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. He like sent me the weather report last night and I was uh-huh. like, ah. Uh-huh. Is it, and you said it's a half Ironman? Yeah, it's like some random one up in Northern California. I don't even know the yeah. name of it. So. Man, I did that thing where I ran an Ironman Texas with a water bottle in my hand and just dribbled water over my head between aid stations. I'd go through an aid yeah. station and you know, I'd unscrew the lid and pour ice water in it. And then, you know, it's a mile, mile and a half or less, you know, to the next aid station. And just the same bottle I was drinking out of for water, I would also you know, just dribble it on my head as I was running and it made all the difference in the world. It's fantastic. Did it? Yeah. I had a friend in grad school who did her thesis on that. The, um, she had people running five K's on a treadmill uh-huh. and like, uh, with water, like pouring water over their head to see if that like it. Cause actually the, it doesn't necessarily show that that will increase performance when you do that, but it may make you feel better. Oh, it made me feel way better. Yeah. yeah. So you feel less a, desperate between aid stations. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. she did, I don't remember what the conclusion of her thesis was, but I'm pretty sure it's like, there's really nothing that shows that it significantly improves performance, but it at least, like I said, make you feel better. And then if you feel better, then for yeah. many people, that could improve well, performance. You see that, that's what they do at Badwater. You know, they have oh, guys yeah. running next to them, like spraying them with those pressurized hose things. Just, you can have somebody ne- running next to you, spraying you with water to try yeah. to keep your temperature down. Yeah. I want a crew for Badwater one day or an ultra for someone. So if anyone wants a, someone to crew for them, I'm down to help you out. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to crew for to it that. to see what it's like. Yeah. So anyways. Well, I'll, yeah, that'd be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, as always, for letting me chat with you for an hour or so. And yeah. Oh, and you deserve it. a medal for listening to that whole Iron Man Texas podcast. Within 48 hours. Yeah. I was like, wow, Iron Ears. I just had it kind of on in the background when I yeah. could afford to like, cause that's a great thing about your podcast. Let me just okay. say real quickly, um, is that I love like learning from podcasts and you know, the Ben Greenfields and the Dave Asprey's of the world, but there's also a time where I just don't want any more to information. Learn. Yeah. I just want to like <laughs> hear people. No offense. Like that didn't mean it like that, but like, I just want to like sit down and like hear someone living life, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. and just kind of going through like, and that's what I love about your podcast. It's like I love just having it kind of on. And I'm sure that's why you've been so successful all the years because people feel like you're part of their family and stuff. Yeah, I get a lot of emails like that. I recorded today while I was pumping gas into my car, so, <laughs> for example. I mean, and while I was leaving the hardware store. 
So, <laughs> but you know, triathletes have right. to pump gas, and they have to, you know, they have. Wait, to, you don't have someone do that for you? Oh, <laughs> with all my, all my <laughs> winnings. Yeah. <laughs> we just got to write those that book together. Yep, that's right. It's coming. Y'all watch all out. Right. Okay, all right. I'll talk to you bye. later. All right, bye. All right, that was great. Thank you so much, Tawny. I'm looking at my notes here. We we need to uh, mention some sponsors. Uh, let's let's talk about Compete Hub. It's kind of like the Facebook of of triathlon, where you can find races and sign up for stuff and find other people involved in races. I've actually recorded an interview with one of the founders of Compete Hub, and it's a really really good interview. And that'll probably be in the next episode. And um, it's definitely cool stuff. Go check it out, CompeteHub.com. Get in there, start looking for races, start looking for people. It's really popular. I'm in there. I like it. I like it a lot. And uh, the interview with these guys is, uh, is really, really good. So look forward to the next show to find out more about how you use it, how they built it, and um, their plans for it. It's really neat. So go check it out at CompeteHub.com. They help bring us the news. All right. Now, let's do our interview with Brandon Marsh. Um, like I said, I, I love this interview because we talk about redneck stuff and <laughs> about being in Texas. And it's just all around like a, a good time. And um, the, the swim training is both simple, but it, what it really reveals when you peel back the layers of that onion is that it's hard work, man. Hard work swimming and uh, there's no way around it, but uh, there might be some tidbits in here. I'm sure there's some tidbits in here that uh, you could really, really use. So let's go ahead and get started with Brandon. Who's that now? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you just fine, man. All right. Cool, dude. Well, I already I just went ahead and hit record just to warn you. So Okay. Is that all right? Uh so no so don't drop any F bombs or crazy stuff. No, actually uh you can and I encourage it because then I just bleep them out and then people wonder what in the world you said. <laughs> all right. So that's cool, man. So I don't want to take up too much of your time because I know you're out doing stuff and uh out and about. And I do have just uh, some really uh, quick questions for you about um, the the swim and everything that happened at Ironman Texas. Um, yeah, no, no, no problem. I've got. I mean, I've got time. You know, I'm oh, cool. on my way actually actually to um, to Arizona for a training camp with Paulo's squad. Amy's in Chapel Hill doing Raleigh tomorrow, and oh, cool. So I've just been helping my dad with some rednecking stuff at his, at their house and, and going over. So what's, what does rednecking stuff mean? What were you doing? Pushing brush around, looking at deer stands, things like that, driving around a tractor or a gator. Yeah. Things that, that triathletes aren't, things that triathletes aren't usually, uh, you know, uh, thought of as doing. <laughs> yeah. I coach a guy who owns a ranch. Um, and he'll, he'll say, you know, I can't train, this day because I'm going to go out and work the fences and stuff like that. And I'm like, no, that's good, man. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. no, not not quite like that. Just yeah. little little projects here and there. Yeah. If I can if I can help him do something, I will. So. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, my uh, great aunt and uncle had a 500 acre ranch out in Gonzales, and I would go out and okay. spend not tons of time, but just some time out there helping them do stuff. And, yeah. Uh, as a kid. Well, I, I, they probably were just giving me stuff to do to keep me busy. But. Right. This yeah. is, you know, kind of small acreage as well, but, uh, uh, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's fun. So, so, uh, yeah, man, go ahead. I'm, I'm here. All right, dude. All right, here we go. So first off, you swam a 46. Is that, is that right? I mean, they printed that right. You swam a 46 at Ironman, Texas. That's probably um, that's probably pretty close. I think that's probably pretty close to accurate. And and you know, man, I always say that because I think it was forty six and some change, forty six thirty or something maybe. Yeah. Um, I honestly don't know all of my splits down to the second. I just generally know about what they were. But you you know, the wetsuit helps helps a lot. Oh yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Well, what, and, what kind of uh, what kind of wetsuit were you wearing? Um. We've been wearing Roka's new wetsuits the last. This this is the the second year we've been in their suits. Uh-huh. Um, I wore their. They're a new company last year. They have their Maverick Pro and their Maverick Elite wetsuit. Right. And um, I was in the Elite last year, but I'm in the Pro this year. Okay. And um, but I mean, you know, regardless of what wetsuit you're in, like it it makes a difference. Sure. You know, it's it's two or three minutes. Right. Uh, for us, it's probably two to three minutes, maybe maybe four faster over over an Ironman. Was it a full sleeved? Is that what the pro is? Yeah, I mean, there. I wear pretty much if it's if it's wetsuit legal, I will generally opt to wear. Well, right now, all I have are full sleeves. Um, right. You know, so I will generally opt to wear a full sleeve just because when I look around on the starting line, most of the other guys are also wearing full sleeves, so right. I don't want to give up that 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 advantage yeah did you did you get hot at all during the swim you know it wasn't too bad i mean well you're only in there for uh, a few minutes anyway so (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean you know it's funny like i've swum in 72 degree pools before and i Uh get cold but then uh you know the water at ironman texas was was 72 or so thereabouts you know i think my legs definitely got a little bit warm Mm -hmm. um mid to late through the swim it really seemed like when we got into that canal that that the temperature went up a degree or two yeah um and i i, I definitely think that 76 or 76.1 whatever the the limit is uh is you know i think for pros especially i, I think it, we could drop it down a little bit but so yeah. i got a little bit warm okay and then were you I made out a list of questions before I called you, so I wouldn't forget anything. So some of these kind of come out of left field. <laughs> so, yeah, no, no problem. <laughs> but uh, you swam this thing in 46, and you you beat um, the next the next guy out by you know over a minute, I think. And this this uh, really nice pro field that was out there, really super quality pros, and were your mind like going going into this into the swim were you from the beginning did you know that you would probably beat everybody in the swim or is that it just kind of happened that way um actually it really just kind of happened that way i mean um steven bayless always swims very well yeah 
Um, you know, Balaj swims well. Bevan is very, very good athlete. I mean, Bevan went out oh, to yeah. win. Yeah. Um, He's kind of good. You know, but I was actually, yeah, I was really surprised. Um, you know, I started out fast. I mean, we all kind of started out fast. And then kind of immediately I was in the lead. And then I felt a little tap, tap here and there on my on my feet. But I had figured on there being about five or six of us, you know, four to six of us come out of the swim together. And when we made the turn at the far end of the course, you kind of make two left-hand turns, you know, make a U-turn, basically. Right, yeah. Um, I had kind of checked at the second buoy, you know, and, and uh, on, you know, before we came back, and, and it looked like I had a little bit of a gap, which was, which was actually pretty surprising to me. So, yeah. you know, I didn't really speed up or... I just tried to maintain my pace on the way back. But to come out of the water with a minute 15, a minute and a half was, was actually quite surprising. Did it, did it ever cross your mind to, um, I don't know if it would have crossed my mind, to um, uh, pause and let people catch up so you could draft off of some other people? Or you were just like, you were swimming your own pace and it wasn't that bad, so just go keep going? Well, in the, sw- in the swim, I, I usually just try to, I mean, just try to swim my own pace. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in Kona, I was uh, I let out a Kona, which was really cool, and yeah. I didn't really plan that either. But when I took the lead, I was kind of like, okay, we'll just you know keep the pressure on and swim your swim your own pace. And if mm-hmm. if you're going too slow, then then someone will you know they'll they'll come around. They'll pass you, you. So. yeah, and you just hook on to that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah draft if you need to, but if you're not, just swim your own pace. Well, maybe you have, um, or obviously you have like a really like a a special like maybe knack or gift or whatever for open water because you did this at, at Kona too like you said uh, like how often do you do you uh sight do you do you do like so many strokes and then sight or you just kind of look up whenever you feel like it or or how much open water swimming do you do to practice this uh well that's kind of the funny part I mean my swimming has gotten better over the last five years or so uh-huh. um and I think some of that is just sticking to a program and actually swimming more than I used to swim mm-hmm. in training. But I, uh, if, you know, if we're with the, if we're with Paulo's group of athletes or, um, I typically, we might swim some open water, but I don't, I don't really swim open water in Austin. Um, right. like very seldom, you know? And so, uh, yeah, I think it's just been, and as far as sighting, so I don't really swim open water that much. I, I feel like the majority of your fitness, uh, whether pro or age grouper, comes from pool swimming. And then there's the comfort level of open water swimming. But uh, for sighting, I, I sight really frequently. Um, hmm. You know, I'll, I'll sight every, just call it four to six strokes. Yeah. Um, unless it's, it's pretty straightforward. You know, at Ironman Texas, especially when you get down into the canal, it's it's really narrow and you can see the side and it's pretty straight. Yeah, so you don't need the side. As, sight as there. long as you, yeah, as long as you're not getting too far away from one side, then then you're doing okay. Right. Um. You know, but I, I sight quite quite often. Well, when so. you're when you're um, not sighting, do you do you purposefully like keep your head down? Like you know, like some swimming methods say, you know, keep your head down as low as possible so you kind of torpedo through the water a little bit, or do you just kind of swim natural form how you feel like well i mean um 
you know, I try to just swim pretty natural, which for me is kind of having a neutral head position, you know, yeah. like you walk, you know, you, you don't walk looking at your feet or looking at the sky. You just, <laughs> you know, so, so like, uh, you know, and I think when people keep their head down, what yeah. they end up doing is it'd be almost like walking, looking at your feet. And, yeah. and so, uh, you know, the top of my head, whether I'm, if I'm not breathing the top of my head, you know, you can see it yeah. on the surface of the water, but just try to keep a pretty natural position and, and, you know, pay attention to what I do in the pool a lot and try to, try to mimic that, uh, in open yeah. water minus the, the lane ropes and wow. lines to follow. So, um, in the race, I was reading uh, one of the great write-ups is on Slow Twitch, and uh, of the race, and um, I, I forgot who wrote it, but uh, there was a really funny. Well, I don't know. As a Texan myself, it's funny to read. Where it said Brandon Marsh led out of the water in a speedy. Yeah, here it is, forty-six thirty-eight. Um, Stephen Bayless, um, who certainly isn't a slouch when it comes to swimming, was next, and then Doherty and uh, uh, Dieterin. I think it's how you say his name. Mm-hmm. Tim, Tim Reed and Balaz. Yeah. How do you say? Do you know how to say Balaz Kazoki's Kazok's name? Like I can't Man, say I, it. I, I don't. I think it's Balaz Zok, like Z O K E. And uh, okay, that makes and sense. Having, and, and you know, having had a number of conversations with him, if he listens to this podcast, he's gonna <laughs> throw throw something at the wall because I totally butchered his name. But, yeah, uh, that's a hard name to say here for us. And, it, it's a tough tough you know texans aren't used to pronouncing uh i think hungarian names no. is that right uh yeah i think he, yeah he's hungarian yeah yeah you have to you have to cut us a little bit of slack we're, we're trying to catch up <laughs> but right. over there that's probably like john smith you know or exactly steve yeah uh um, williams but the slow you, you're going about the slow twitch right up yeah and it says uh, Brandon Marsh continued to lead the bike until mile 64. Um, and then Jordan Rapp um, passed you, and then uh, Doherty and Reed and Dearden after a while. And then, but I like the end of the sentence. It says and, and uh, set that pace, set the pace of that small group to reel in the lone leading Texan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I yeah. think I mean you, you know I was getting a few updates from a couple of people who were. Um, and they weren't really like exact updates, but I'd kind of yeah. heard, Oh, you're a minute and a half up. And I was like, Oh, okay, that's, that's good. And then, you know, like 30 miles later, I heard, well, uh, rap is pulling a group and there's three minutes behind you. And, and I kind of thought to myself, I was like, well, that's really weird. Cause I'd kind of expected, I mean, I was riding controlled and uh-huh. myself and everything. And I kind of expected the group of Bevan and and Boss and Timbo Reed to to kind of reel me in, and mm-hmm. you know it it really sounded like Jordan was doing the lion's share of the work, and I saw him at mile sixty when we went through special needs, and you know Jordan passed me about sixty four, sixty five miles into the ride, and I I had eased up, and I was like, okay, Jordan's going to come by, and then the other guys are going to come by, and Jordan went by me, and Jordan went by me. Everyone <laughs> else just kind of stacked up behind me, and it was really yeah surprising. But uh, but but yeah, Jordan kind of single handedly uh, reeled reeled me in and yeah. brought brought some folks with him. 
Yeah, so like 64 miles on on the bike, that's probably, I guess for you, like two-something hours, right, out, out there on the bike. So what what is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. What does it feel like? Like you come out of the water first. You're like, I remember one time I was leading a race. It was just a small thing, you know, and I was just like, "Holy crap, I'm winning!" <laughs> Keep going, you know. Or or uh-huh. do you have to like you said you you rode within your own limit, but like 64 miles into an Ironman, you know, you're winning the whole thing against guys like that, you know. Do you, are you freaking out or are you just, yeah, this kind of thing happens and you, and you, you know, you just play chess with them for a while and kind of see, cause there's a marathon after all this, you know, or, or well, well, yeah, I mean, it's a great story. Hey, I led the race for, uh, you know, like four hours and then, and yeah. then I got AIDS, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, the swim was kind of, I, I don't want to say expected. That wasn't too surprising. Um, to be out front for 65 miles on the bike, that was actually surprising. Yeah. And again, you know, there, there were no real surprises on the bike for me. That's kind of what I had trained to do. And, yeah. you know, again, you know, you kind of swim by, I tend to swim by just effort. Right. And, you know, you can bike by effort or power or heart rate, whatever you use. And mm-hmm. for me, it was power and effort and, and that was all good. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the, the chess match really starts whenever, Whenever there are other people. Yeah, when the, there's uh, like more in the mix that you're kind of working off of, kind of playing off of, playing the game off of. Yeah, exactly. Do. I mean, it's actually, it's really kind of nice to, to to come out of the water, be in front, and then just kind of do your own thing, mm-hmm. you know, which is, which is probably what Jordan did too. I mean, you know, for good or bad, once Jordan got out of the water, whether he was where he wanted to be or not, he swung his leg over his bike and was doing his own thing. And right. by doing his own thing, he, you know, brought a few guys with him and, yeah. and rode, I think he rode like freaking 420 or something. Yeah, I know. So, He's a machine. Uh, so, um, yeah. you didn't fade on the bike. You were just riding when all those guys passed you, you were just riding your own power and they just caught up. Right. And then they, they, most of them hung with you and then Jordan went off the front. Yeah. There was a little Mickey mouse in there where we, you know, it's, I mean, you, you, you kind of know it's going to happen and, or you, I kind of expect it to happen. You know, there's going to be some Mickey Mouse and game playing, yeah. you know, who's going to work, who's not going to work. Do we let Jordan go up the road and let, and, you know, Manby Pamby around so much that Jordan puts 10 minutes on us and Justin and Chris and whoever's behind us actually end up catching us, you know? So, yeah. so eventually you kind of have to, you play the game a little or, you know, if it's not too, too hard or you're not burning too many matches, then, you know, maybe, maybe you're the aggressor a little bit. Do you, um, minimize the damage or whatever. When you, when you, uh, pass somebody, are you, are you, do you feel like both of y'all are doing this, like scoping each other kind of up and down to see, try to read signs of how fatigued the other person is, if they're having a good time or a good day or not, and like try to read into their body language at all? Oh, I think some of that goes on. I mean, obviously, it's easier to do that. And, you know, people are really good actors, too, you know. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, if you kind of let people go and then you're sitting at the back of the bunch, you know, if, if someone's, like, you know, whatever, stretching on the bike, you're kind of like, A, the pace is that that slow that they can do that, or B, well, maybe they're on the ropes a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, it's hard to say at that race, you know, like, Tim Tim Reed was a – relative unknown um i didn't run what i had trying to run boss was 
boss has had some good races this year, mostly doing kind of what he did, which I think was sitting in on the bike. Um, Bevan, um, Bevan has had a couple of DNFs and I kind of thought Bevan had, you know, he, he admitted it in the, in his award speech. He had some, some demons to get rid of. And, um, you know, I think he kind of had one caught one hand to play and he, he played it really well and and it worked and, and he put in a great performance, you know? Yeah. Um, and that hand was be conservative on the, you know, kind of be a little bit conservative on the swim, be a little bit conservative on the bike because that's where he'd had issues in the past. And then, and then, I mean, he's Bevan. Hammer like Bevan, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. And it worked. So, uh, for the energy, for your energy, like for that swim and that bike ride, what do you, uh, it's a question we get a lot. What do you, what do you like to have for breakfast before an Ironman race? You know, we'll eat, um, I mean, it's, it's, We'll eat a couple. I'll have a couple pieces of toast with some jelly or almond butter. Uh-huh. I'll have a serving of first endurance Ultragen. Yeah. Um, it's 320 calories, and it's you know easily assimilated. Right. Of carbs and some protein, which gives some fullness. So you know, all total, I might even have a banana or a bonk breaker. It just kind of, it doesn't change too much. But all total, I'll I'll generally try to get about a thousand calories in. Mm. Yeah. About um, four thirty at the latest. So. And then, yeah, so you start digesting it before you hit the water. Yeah, yeah, I think it's that's important, but it may not be quite as as important as for a shorter race. Just yeah. just because for a shorter race, you're a longer race, you need the calories, and for a shorter race, you're going harder. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know what you eat may be a little bit more touchy, touch and go. So on your. Um, for your swim training, what did what did you do to to improve so much over the past few years? And like, how often how often do you swim? And, and like, what do you what do you do in, in a swim practice? And what do you focus on? Well, I kind of turned all. This is kind of working on about my. At the end of this year, it'll be three years where Paulos Paulos um, has been coaching. He he probably said so so, but. Um, you know, Paulo's been coaching us, and um, so I really just turn that over to him. You know, I wake up every day or every Sunday, I get my schedule for the week, and and some of it depends on the the time of the year. But if I could sum it up, you know, we we probably average, or I probably average, and when I say we, I mean Amy, because yeah. we may be doing different races. We we generally swim together, um, so a lot of our swim workouts are are the same, but. Uh, race lead-ins may be different. So generally, you know, we'll swim most weeks five times a week, sometimes yeah. occasionally four, other times six, but I would say about five days a week, and it'll be anywhere from, you know, 18 to 25K a week that um, yeah. that we swim. And, and for us, it's mostly on our own. Uh, Off-season or before we start a build, we, we might hit, hit a master's practice a couple of days a week or once or twice a week for the social component. Yeah. Um, but mostly it's on our own and, you know, so five, just say averaging five days a week and averaging 20,000 plus or minus yards a, yeah. a week. And, yeah. um, but you know, the swims are, uh, I would say that some of it's more technical swimming not necessarily drills, but like, you know, some paddles work, some buoy, paddles and buoy, band work, you know, band only work, sometimes band with a buoy. 
Yeah. Um, but te- technical type swims where, and for me, I really try to focus on what I'm doing. You know, like I think, you know, what are my hands doing? Where are my hands? Yeah. Do I have a pause in my stroke somewhere that I can shorten or eliminate? Right. Um, yeah. I do that too. You know, yeah. because I feel like I'm just a complete swim dork. You know, I was telling <laughs> Jordan that, you know, like I'll take a stroke. And, and that's what got you. Double. That that self-criticism is what got you the 46 because you're, you're I, constantly I, analyzing your swim. Yeah, I think so. And just, I think a lot of people lose, like, they just see, oh, well, I have a 3K swim and it's 100s today, and they just, they go bang it out or they make sure they hit their lap time every time they finish their 100 instead of actually trying to pay attention to what they're, mm-hmm. what they're doing when they swim, you yeah. know. Um, Are you, so. um, you grew up on, uh, uh, on swim teams or something? Did, were you on swimming in high school? I think I read somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, I did. It was funny. Jordan and I were talking about this after the race and, and one other guy, and I said, you know, I was I was a nerd growing up, like, salutatory in my class. I went uh-huh. to high school to go to college to get a job, and I swam all throughout high school, but I was a once-a-day, I was a year-round swimmer, but I was a once-a-day swimmer. Mm-hmm. I went uh, 456 in the 500-yard mm-hmm. free, yeah. um, 203 flat in the 200 IM. Yeah. And uh those are my main I mean those aren't even impressive but those are my my PRs you know yeah. and and I think if I stopped running and biking and threw some weight around in the gym I could probably could probably hit my PRs you know 20 years later. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's cool, man. Well cool. That's that's what I had on my list of questions I wanted to ask you. That that's a insightful stuff, man. I think a lot of people wish they could do that. But then five days a week <laughs> it, it is you know i mean you know four thousand no, meters or yards a pop there's no shortcut it, right there's no real shortcut and yeah. you know i think obviously there are athletes who you can watch kids who swim you know there, there are kids who just have it and then there are kids who may never have it yeah. um but regardless of where you are on that spectrum i think that i actually really think that you know if you don't just have it then you need to uh, pay attention to what you're doing, you know, know what you're doing. You're, you know, just try to develop some kind of bodily awareness, you know, where, where you know where your hands are and what your feet are doing and what your hips and legs are doing. And it sounds kind of, you know, whatever, touchy-feely, but, but there's a little bit of truth to that, I think. Right, so. yeah. I know, like, um, a really good thing is to take a video of yourself, have somebody take a video of you and show you how you're swimming, you'll, you'll see a whole bunch of stuff. Send it off to somebody. Post it on slow twitch. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Yeah, but see, then if you do that, you'll get a bunch of people who think they know what they're doing telling you what, what yeah, to do. But, exactly. no, it's, the video is very true. It's like, yeah. oh, wow, I wow. look like that? Yeah. You know, I, I thought I looked like Michael Phelps, but really I look like a controlled a gel- drown. A jellyfish you or know. something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> jellyfish with a seizure. Uh, yeah. Well, cool, man. What do you? Um, well, cool. Uh, what what races you got coming up next? You and Amy both. Well, Amy's probably after this gets posted. Amy's doing seventy point three Raleigh. She's going to Frankfurt, uh, July sixth. The oh, race cool. out there yeah. in Germany. I'm I'm gonna do uh, keeping it kind of local this year for a little bit. I'm gonna do seventy point three Lubbock at the end of June. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. 
and then I'll sort out one or two other halves, and then I'll probably do a late season, mid to late season full. Uh, I might do Wisconsin or like Placid. Like Placid's not really that late, but yeah. one of those two, and then hopefully Amy qualifies for Kona. Uh, yeah. I'm not trying to go this year. Um, if she goes, I'll go there, and if she does the late season race, we, we might close out our 2014 seasons at like Cozumel or something. We, we oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. So. Yeah, I talk to um, pros that that uh, are partners, and and it's 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 funny, you know. They try to get into um, races together, you know, to save money on the travel and everything. So it's kind of yeah, neat. that yeah. It, it is. It's fun, and then you know, one of the parts that I mean, you're fortunate because you know you get to train and race with your partner and do something you both really love. But then at yeah. the same time, if you're training while they're building or you're resting while they're building it can kind of suck but, yeah you know and then <laughs> if you're both building for the same iron man then it's like you know oh yeah you're getting sick it's, it's pretty cool it can be a grumpy household too, oh yeah know? yeah that's true but, yeah because you get tired at the same time yeah both yeah <laughs> both at the same but, uh, time exactly yeah so we'll see what's next what's next for you uh let's see i might do pflugerville there's like a sprint try in pflugerville Mm-hmm. And um, we do the uh, Iron Baby in the fall, which is a self-supported Ironman here in College Station that I put on. Okay. And you're invited anytime you want. <laughs> you feel cool. like doing an Ironman. <laughs> you know, just for I don't know. Just, I think, uh, I you know, just for charity, just do an Ironman. Yeah. And then I think the eight hundred dollar ones are good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, I think, uh, yeah, I don't have anything else. Oh, I might do Austin 70.3. I've never done it before, oddly enough, so I might do that. Um, my wife oh, did cool. it last year, and, I'll, and the course is just kind of nah, blah, you know, but it's close. Yeah. You know? So I thought, well, maybe, you know, be something cool to go do. Well, cool. If you do that one, uh, chances are pretty good that I'll see you out there sometime. Yeah. So. Well, good luck at Lubbock. I've done that. That one's hard, man. Yeah, it's really it's tough. We can throw anything your way. But, yeah, let me know, man, if, if if we need to cover anything else or something comes up, just just give me a shout. I appreciate it. Yeah, cool. Um, and how do people get in touch with you? Uh, you know, they can – if they, they hit our website, they can go to – it's it's team, T-E-A-M-M-A-R-S-H-Marsh.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're both on Twitter. And, and uh, but, yeah, if they hit teammarsh.com, we try to keep, keep things updated there. Right. Uh, we got a contact form or an email link. So and uh, uh, so you do uh, do you do full blown coaching services? Right now, it's mostly just one on one stuff. But uh-huh. We've got a couple programs where you know if people want an Ironman program, then uh-huh. you know we can probably knock that out for them. Or uh, you know, you mentioned you're doing like Pflugerville, which is in a week or two. Yeah. Um, we, we've got a series that uh, set of workouts that we're trying to gear around the Texas Tri Series, which is you know, those central central Texas based races, so like Pflugerville and it follows up I think with Couples and Jack's generic and then yeah. Austin and then uh the Kerrville race in the in the September I think it is, or not the October. Okay. Um, but yeah, so so a little bit of little bit of full service stuff. No on deck stuff at this point, but but we'll see if we can grow that in the future. Okay. So. Cool, man. Well thanks for the call dude. You you bet. Thanks for thanks All for right. it as well and uh we'll we'll just See you when we see you. All right. Have a safe trip. Bye. All right. Thanks, Brett. Bye. All right. Thanks so much, Brandon. And um, I think we might uh, get in touch with him some more in the future over uh, more shows about more swims that he's doing and uh, 
you know, more tips and advice, you know, does he do the ankle band thing? Does he use hand paddles? You know, what are his, his swim workouts exactly like? You know, what kind of gear does he use? What does he focus on? And uh, we kind of glossed over that. There was so much other stuff in there that I think there's more we could get out of him. And uh, he sounded like he'd be really happy to talk with us. And um, so let's go ahead and get started with, let's see, are we going to do, are we going to do questions? I want to mention that thing about Kai that Tawny and I talked about. But let's, um, <clears throat> let's mention Sufferfest. Sufferfest is hugely popular. It's indoor training videos. And I've been emailing back and forth with the, the founder, the owner of Sufferfest, and, uh, David. And he's super, super, super cool. And he's on, a, he's on an interview uh, quite a while back when they were uh, kind of, they'd been around a little while, but kind of getting started. And it's just such a great product. And it is just um, masochistic, you know, death wish kind of workouts and fun. And so you, you load it on your uh, laptop or whatever you want to watch it on. And, um, there's music and uh, text prompts, and they yell at you and, and make you go faster. You gotta go check it out, uh, sufferfest.com. And you can get, actually, you can get a discount on Sufferfest if you use uh, a discount of 10% if you use ZT Suffers. And the way it works is you download the video, and then you, yeah, you load it on your computer or play it through your TV. And um, it's just fantastic. It turns an hour long workout into so much better stuff. Uh, it makes it so much more exciting. There's lots of scenery. It's, it's, it's footage shot during races. And the latest one I noticed was um, that it's now, instead of just cycling, it's during triathlon races. <laughs> and so you, um, they're like, uh, there goes that chick. There's that, there's that female pro. Pass her. <laughs> and I don't know. It's, it's so funny, man. It's great stuff. So again, Sufferfest. Discount code of 10% with the code ZT, as in Zentri, ZT suffers, all one word, all caps. That's important stuff. You can't forget that. All right, and let's talk for a second about Kai. Um, I mentioned at the beginning of the show in the news that Kai swam across Lake Bryan, and uh, Father's Day is coming up. By the time you get this, it might be Father's Day, and Emily is printing out a picture and uh, framing it for me to have of Kai and I swimming getting ready to swim across Lake Bryan together. And maybe um, maybe she's doing a collage. I don't know. I'll have to wait and see what it is. Um, but what a father-son fun thing to do. And um, just amazing, man. So amazing. My son, we he wanted to swim across Lake Bryan, you know. And uh, he wanted to swim across and back. And we just swam across. And he really did it. And the whole time, he uh, was just fine absolutely fine no problem whatsoever he slowed down towards the end as uh it was getting to be a little bit hard for him but it was a good good time and um i felt so proud of him and i felt proud of myself you know that um i raised a kid i had something to do with this i helped raise a kid to uh be able to do something so amazing and now um, not only was he on tv we sent the uh, photos and, and video to uh, the local TV station, and they ran a short blip on it, like less than a minute. But um, uh, now the newspaper wants to run an article about him in the Sunday paper, and it's so cool. And um, this isn't really about Kai. This is about you. You can do this with your kid, and it doesn't have to be swimming. It can be anything. Um, you, you know, kids are capable of so much, and as long as they're having fun, 
they can just do tons and tons of stuff. So take them with you, uh, see what makes their eyes brighten up and what they like and what they like to do and encourage them to uh, really go for it, you know, and find out more about it. And uh, 1.2 miles, age nine, no problem. And he's he's on swim he's on a triathlon team but they only swim like three times a week maybe an hour and that's lots of sitting around too you know and um so if your kid if you got a nine-year-old kid that's on swim team and does fine you know your kid could do this too so oh man i'm super excited all right let's read some emails and answer some questions okay the way this works is uh, you, you can help support the show by donating to the show, which I love it when people donate to the show. It means uh, that's feedback to me that I'm doing a good job. And we got lots of don- donors. I was about to say donators. We got lots of donors now, and it's really nice, man. Um, and if you donate, um, if you do it one time, this is on the left side of zentrathlon.com. You go over there and you scroll down on the left. There is a donate, and it just does it through PayPal if you want. And um, you can uh, donate. If you donate one time, this is PayPal, the way they set it up. It leaves, like, leave a note, you know. And um, so uh, that's an easy way to send me an email with your question if you want me to answer a question on the show. Um, And then um, you don't have to ask a question. I'm just saying you donated. You deserve for me to answer a question. (laughs) And then... um, or you can set up a recurring donation, and it doesn't have a slot for you to put in a question in there. But that's cool. Send me an email. Um, it's texafornia at gmail.com. Uh, texafornia, T-E-X-A-F. Texafornia. Not Texasfornia and not Texifornia. It's Texafornia at gmail.com. And um, with your, you know, that you donated and, and uh, you got a question for me. Or, I mean, you don't have to ask a question. Um, if you feel like you've gotten any value out of this show, uh, some kind of tip or something that's really changed your training and, and you feel like you want to help out and pay back, um, just donate. And um, I get, I get message like, messages like that all the time, that people's training is so much different listening to Zentry or some of the other podcasts that I mentioned. You listen to Rich Roll uh, podcast, Do You Try podcast, I Am Talk podcast. There's a million of them out there. Um, there's lots of them that I'm friends with or helped get started even. And, uh, uh, yeah, so if you listen to the Rich Roll podcast and you love that one, I helped Rich Roll get that one off the ground a little bit, you know, just a little bit. But it was cool, man, to have something to do with that. So um, uh, the bigger the community, the more we become happy triathletes and the more fun we can all have, you know. So I'm definitely here to help people out. Okay, so donations. Uh, Vince Hancock, is he donated to the March of Dimes. Um, and here's his message. Uh, well, yeah, he's just donated to the March Times. And it's, it's um, because... Oh, wait, here's his message down here. I keep all this organized and workflowy. I know you guys love to know the, uh, the tools I use. And um, I run a self-supported Ironman every year called the Iron Baby. And it's uh, because Kai was born premature. And so I did an Ironman because I was frustrated and didn't know what to do with myself. And... Um, and uh, there is no, there is no registration fee, and um, and you should just donate to the March of Dimes because <laughs> they help out kids. And um, or also, if you're a fan of the Iron Baby and you just want to support it, uh, gosh, we raise almost two thousand dollars every year for for March of Dimes, and um, 
so that's the deal about, about the Iron Baby. You can go to zentrathlon.com and click on the Iron Baby link at the top and uh, find out tons more about it. Self-supported Iron Man, you are invited. Definitely come. All right, so Vince said, Brett, somehow I just got into podcasts recently. I'm not sure why it took me this long, but I'm a quasi-Luddite, <laughs> I guess. And yours happened to be, oh, did you know what Luddites are? Uh, not you, Vince, um, but people, go Google it. It's really cool. Um, and yours happened to be the first one I ever listened to. Life-changing. I don't know how I managed to get through bike rides, walks with the dogs, or, well, life in general without listening to ramblings about triathlons and triathletes. Thanks, dude. I like it when you call it. Ramblings is a good one. Hold on. I'm taking a sip. Okay, so I just signed up for a recurring donation to your site. Thanks, man. However, the reason I'm writing you is that I just listened to the Iron Baby 2013 episode and then read a bit more about the genesis of your site, this event, or more accurately, the reason you do it. It touches the issue nearest and dearest to my heart. My daughter was born on New Year's Eve of 2012 at 25 weeks and 1.5 pounds. That is tiny. And at altitude here in Colorado, making it even more difficult on a severely premature baby. She spent four months in the in the NICU. Yeah, Kai spent two and a half months in the NICU. I saw babies that were in there at four month, for four months. That's crazy. Um, and endured six surgeries in 2013. She is now doing great and is a true miracle child. Yeah. The science and the technology and the the medicine going on in a NICU, it's neonatal intensive care unit. That's what NICU stands for. You can tell I've lived in one because <laughs> I know what that stands for. Um, it's amazing. And that's where these donations go to. It's to help out with this cost and uh, make sure that we can help a kid if, we, if it's possible. Um, to commemorate her first birthday, I had a graphic designer alter the M dot logo to make an A dot for Addy. Yeah, and the logo for Zentri, uh, for the uh, Iron Baby, is a B dot. And the tattoo uh, guy made the A look like it's made out of iron. I'm not a tattoo guy, but this is one I'll never, ever regret. The way I see it, we can all train and compete, complete an Iron Man if we put our minds to it. I agree. But only a real Iron Man or Iron Girl, I guess, can endure so much pain and suffering and come out smiling and laughing like Addie does constantly. Exactly. They're, these kids that survive this are a huge inspiration. They don't even know how hard they're trying, but they're trying really hard. And it makes you, as a parent, uh, say, wow, you know, that kid's trying so hard. If I could try that hard, then um, I would. What's something hard that I can try that I can show how much I care and then an Iron Man, right? So that's how it kind of ends up working out. I also was going to contribute to the Iron Baby Fund, but wanted to wait, but he couldn't wait. He sent me an email, he couldn't wait. <laughs> Until closer to the event this year in case there was a specific cause you were supporting. Not nope, March Dimes, man. Every time. Um, and I'm doing an Iron, I'm doing Ironman Maryland at the end of September. Cool for you. And I would seriously consider coming down there for Iron Baby 2015. Uh, hopefully one day I'll make it to the event. Uh, keep up the good work. Best Vince Hancock. Yeah, man. So the Iron Baby was my very first Ironman. It took me 17 and something hours because I had, I had no idea how to do it. I was just doing it. I did a totally self-supported Ironman out of my house by myself. Um, no help from anybody except for uh, my buddy Chris came and saw me out on the run and told me I look like shit. And uh, I told him, go get me some Doritos. <laughs> that's what, that's how it went down. Okay. Thank you, Travis. That, that means a lot. That's a really special email. Um, Travis Withers donated uh, $20 to support the show and $10 for Kai's mountain bike. 
Uh, we did a fundraiser for Kai's Mountain Bike. I'm training for my first triathlon, and the podcast is an inspiration. You're a regular guy who works, takes care of his family, and trains for triathlons. That is true. I live the way, I love the way, I think is what he meant. You fit the show into your life. And these questions, here we go. I know you have a short attention span, so my question is at the bottom of the email. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm reading through it real quick. I remember this one. Fine. My wife is also involved. He's got a, a two two boys who are four and one. <laughs> oh, that's fun. And I'm inspired by listening to you train. We're gonna, I'm born and raised in North North Carolina, North Kakalaki. So I've sent the the 2018. Uh, Ironman 70.3 is my goal for my 40th birthday. Man, you might be able to do it sooner than that. I'm 36. I've been training for my first triathlon on July 13th as the way to prevent injury and keep me motivated. I'm 5'10", weigh 235, so you're you're heavy for your height a little bit, it looks like. But I lost 50 pounds over the past year. There you go, dude. That's kick-ass. I love that. Uh, unfortunately, I've lost and gained the same 50 to 60 pounds three or four times since college. I've run... Yeah, that happens. Um, I've run six half marathons to this year and running alone is, has led me to overuse injuries and boredom. Yeah. Yeah. So people, that's why people start doing biking and swimming, uh, to mix it up. I hope the variety the triathlon provides, uh, can keep me motivated inside. Yeah, it will. It will totally. Um, here's my question. I could not swim up until a month ago. All I ever do, did it as a kid was doggy paddle and, uh, water side. I'm going to kind of read through this and paraphrase. Swimming has been a struggle in the last month. I've got to swim pulling. He can swim three laps nonstop, so 150 yards in one month from going from nothing. That's pretty good, man. Uh, swimming's hard. It's really hard because if you really suck at it, you drown and you die. <clears throat> so um, it's not like running. If you suck at running, well, you just stand there. <laughs> if you suck at swimming, you go, you die. Um, I run uh, 215 half marathon that's pretty nice but swimming is exhausting yeah it's exhausting but that's just because you're you haven't really figured out how to leverage um the resting angles of it yet um my coach says i'm I'm muscling the water yeah if you go on google uh arnold swimming and there's like swim smooth or something like that videos and it has different categories of people and it shows guys that swim that have um that need a lot of work and there's one type of swimmer that it looks like they're fighting the water like literally in a wrestling fist fight match with it it's pretty funny um it's just one of the many types of us that that um have trouble swimming um so i have so much leg muscle from my days as a college wrestler that my legs sink yeah maybe that's a little bit possible she wants me to focus on developing a strong kick. Uh, okay, you don't really need it that much. Um, and it'll just make your legs bigger. <laughs> However, when you swim, you focus on your arms. Okay, how can I get my legs up to the surface when I swim? Is it all the kick? So that's question number one. Um, it's all in how you kick. And it's not how much you kick. It's in how you kick. So this is what you need to do, man. And man, uh, Travis. Okay, this is this is what you practice. Put your hands on the wall, you know, at water level, right? Now push away from the wall, but keep holding onto the wall. Put your face in the water and then kick just gently until your legs come up, right? So basically like you're blowing bubbles in the water. So your face is in the water, your hands are on the wall, and um, and yeah, and you're kicking very gently, okay? Um, so, so that your legs come up straight. Your whole body's straight out. Um Learn how to kick 
so that your your legs are straight and your feet are breaking the surface of the water and your butt's breaking the surface of the water and so is your back. It's all breaking the surface of the water, but with just the the lightest amount of kick possible. That's how you kick. You want to kick just enough to uh, get your legs up and um, and do that efficiently without it wearing you out. You'll learn that if you point your toes back, um, it's a whole lot easier. And if you point your toes down or forward, uh, your legs sink immediately. So uh, once you learn that, you can experiment on the wall and start practicing that, and that'll help you a ton. You ought to do that drill before every swim for like 30 seconds so you can feel what it what it's supposed to feel like, and then when you swim, just continue doing that during your swim. Okay, number two, my triathlon is not USAT. It is a local parks and rec sprint with a shortened uh, swim, 500-meter swim. Wetsuits are legal, but it is Nebraska in July, and it will be hot. I'm thinking of using Xterra Lava Pants, which are like a wetsuit bottom. They're supposed to give you buoyancy of a pool boy. When I use a pool boy swimming, it's not nearly as exhausting, yeah, because your legs are sinking. I can go 300 meters with no rest. Should I use the pants or get the extra buoyancy of a full sleeveless wetsuit? I would just use the pants. Um, you don't need the full, the full wetsuit, and it'll be harder to get off. Uh, and you won't get that cold in a... a 400 500 meter swim especially if if this is like a distance for you that's going to be a challenge um you'll get plenty hot um just as it is and if if you don't need a wetsuit don't wear it um and but the pants it looks like in your situation if they allow you to wear those those uh pants then um it'll help you and get your legs up so that you can focus on swimming and then save uh and using your arms and then saving your um saving your legs for the bike and the run. Now, um, some people, when I was saying this might be like, Oh, if you don't kick, you know, you're, you're not, you're not using, um, your forward momentum like you could, you know, you're not propelling yourself forward. The kick propels you forward somewhat, but, um, you need to be careful and you can exhaust yourself just kicking, go kick 50 yards hard, you know? And, uh, see how exhausted you are after that and then um, pull 50 yards hard and see how exhausted you are you're hardly exhausted at all so and then the 50 yards pull you went way faster than the 50 yards kick so you can see um, the effectiveness of kicking is it's it's nice but it'll wear you out and it doesn't really propel you forward that fast so um, you kind of want to save your legs and use your arms instead all right, Simon Caulfield, a message. This is for all your helpful, and a donation, all your helpful tweets and tips. Despite suffering from spawn, oh yeah, I remember the spondylolisthesis. And that's um, some kind of like a vertebrae uh, issue where it pinches off a nerve or something like that in his upper back or maybe his lower neck or something. It looked like it sucked. Um, and it takes you out for a while while you have to recover from it. Um, and crappy Irish weather. Ooh, it's a wee bit of Irish weather. Uh, I still take your advice on board whenever and wherever I can. Awesome to have a tri coach on tap. Thanks, man. You've kind of uh, put your finger on on exactly what I do or my methodology. Hey, if none of this stuff in this show helps you and you just find it entertaining, that's cool. Or like, say you're like a, a level three USAT triathlon coach, like uh, Mike Ritchie is kick-ass triathlon coach. And you can just listen to me and just laugh at how wrong I am about shit. <laughs> stuff. I mean, you know. 
But if you find something useful, man, I just, I, I'm constantly just spewing out uh, advice and tips, and some of it is correct at times on the Fridays. Okay, um, Spiros Festus, Festus, Festus um, donated. Thanks, man. Uh, Paul Johnson, John Taylor, and oh, he left a big note. Let's see. Oh, it's a long note. Okay. First, I think it's absolutely awesome how you are spinning the plates of husband, father, worker, triathlete, coach, podcaster, mentor, and all-around good citizen. Um, I was, was going to be sarcastic and say he forgot something, but that's pretty much it. I was a soccer coach at the same time for a while. <laughs> An assistant scoutmaster. <laughs> um, you really seem to have a great understanding of balance, which given the number of responsibilities you have is a rare trait these days. Bravo. Thanks, man. Um, I've been listening and supporting your podcast for a little over a year now. It's my second year practicing participating in triathlons. This summer, I will be participating in the Pleasant Prairie Olympic, June 22nd, Ironman Racing, 70.3 in July. That's a race. Chicago Lifetime Olympic, whoa, North Shore Sprint, September. Um, I'll also participate in the Big Shoulders Open Water Swim. All right, that's kick-ass. In Chicago, um, an event, you're right, right after that he said, uh, an event I think you may want to try sometime. Come visit your bro. Yeah, my brother lives in Chicago. And have a swim in Lake Michigan. Dude, I might do that. Big shoulders, open water swim. I kind of like that. Okay, uh, tell me more about it. Um, as most triathletes are, I'm challenging, I'm challenged by the training, race, day, nutrition. Oh, me too, man. Um, aspect of the sport i have heard you using amarita bars they kick ass beat it juice they, that kicks ass hornet juice that kicks ass fuel 100 i liked it but i kind of ran out of it and i haven't re-upped it uh sea salt yep and honey and i've tried these products and enjoyed them you also have talked about using maltodextrin powder perpetuum i believe well no i you can buy maltodextrin powder um online by like a 50 pound bag uh you can um which is a super starch Insure and gels. These products I'm these products I'm unfamiliar with their usage. Anyway, my nutrition training plan currently goes like this. Uh, on the bike between three hundred to five hundred calories per hour, using a combination of Amrita bars and fuel one hundred while alternating alternating fluids of plain water and the hornet juice, sea salt and honey combo. Run hornet juice, sea salt and honey combo. Okay. Um, I'm concerned that racine I'll be running low on fuel during the run. I am planning on trying these types of gels. Oh, the Humagel. Sorry, phone ring. Um, Humagel. I liked them, man. They're pretty good. Um, during my run, okay. Um, my question for you finally is, what was your nutrition plan? Oh, I emailed him back with this for Ironman Galveston 70.3. Okay, so... Um, there's one theory that I kind of like right now that you can run a little bit lean on your fuel and then all you got to do is just add in more and um, you'll be all right. Now, if you run too heavy on your fuel, well, then you're kind of screwed for a long time. You got to you gotta really slow down and uh, that sucks because you feel sick, right? Um, you don't feel running out of gas. You feel sick like you're going to puke. And boy, what, you know, that's how you make somebody hate something is make them uh, nauseous, nauseated, uh, whatever, uh, from doing it. Um, so I would say, um, stick with your plan. 
uh, of what you described on the bike and the run. And if you're worried about it not being enough fuel on the run, that's okay because at Ironman Racine, they will have tons of, of uh, aid station stuff. And all you got to do is if you're, feel, if you're feeling low, just add a little bit more. And what I've found that really works at those aid stations is uh, they have a lot of times uh, they have bananas cut into thirds. Um, so you can eat, you know, like 30 calories, 40 calories of banana, which goes down really smooth. It doesn't hurt your stomach hardly at all, and if at all. And then um, they have pretzels, which go down really easily. And, and then, of course, the uh, Coke um, would be uh, your go-to to um, quickly help with um, if you're feeling a little bit low. That's what I would do. And I sent them an email already. All right, Fred Parnell gave a donation, and Christopher Allen uh, put in a donation. So thank you so much, guys. Huge help. And again, you go to the left side of zentriathlon.com, and you can uh, donate as well. Send me a question, and I'll answer it on the show. And let's see. Um, uh, Trainer View is a sponsor of the show, and um, that's where you can draw a course on Google Maps and it'll stitch together the street view and create kind of like a video. It's it's really fast moving pictures of the street view. That's the best you can do with street view of wherever in the world that there's street view. You don't have to wait for somebody to go take a GoPro and go video something. You can actually just street view or you can go ride anywhere and create a video of, um, of a course. And also it's an awesome way to preview a race course. Is, is you can go do this and uh, Morgan has created this and there's lots of pre-made race courses on it. Um, you can get $10 off for a year subscription. This thing is awesome on the trainer, by the way, or on the treadmill. Um, and uh, with the discount code ZENTRY, all capital letters. And uh, Morgan wrote this by hand and it's awesome. You def- definitely ought to go check it out. I love this thing. You can use it for free, you know, but it won't keep stats on stuff that you did. And if you, um, if you uh, get a pro membership uh, through with this discount code of ZENTRY, all caps, then you uh, get a pro membership and it keeps a lot more data on you for you. So that's pretty cool. Ten bucks off. All right. And I think we're going to go ahead and get started with the training log. Um, super cool training log this time. I, I jam-packed it full of information. We got an interview with Kai in there and Emily about uh, Kai's swim and how cool it was. Uh, I start talking about green tea and, and uh, all kinds of cool stuff. Maybe cavities in there. I'm having issues with cavities lately uh, and lots of uh, recovery from Ironman Texas and, and just cool stuff in there. So I definitely want you to check it out. I think I forgot to mention um, Amrita bars. A lot of my daily life is fueled with Amrita bars and, um, you can get those 15% off with this discount code Zen. You go to amritahealthfoods.com. I wear their kit. Oh, they have the coolest looking triathlon kit. Um, and lots of people are kicking ass and getting podium finishes wearing that kit. It looks awesome. It's kind of like, what's in that kit, man? And it's not, it's what you put in your face, in your food hole that's actually healthy for you and makes your tummy feel good. And um, it's both nutritious and gives you lots of energy. And then also um, Hornet Juice helps sponsor the show. I'm on the right side of the page at zentriathlon.com. Uh, oh, wait, let me go back. Uh, 15% off Amrita, Amrita bars when you order them. Discount code ZEN, all capital letters, Z-E-N. Um, 
And then Hornet Juice is on the right side of the show. They've been with the show almost since day one. It's the craziest stuff, and it really works. It's awesome. It's a protein powder that you um, mix in with your water, and it um, gets your body metabolizing body fat so you're more efficient. Um, And you can feel it. It is awesome, and it is made. uh, It's synthetic, but it's... Well, it's not really synthetic, but it emulates the... um, the saliva of the Japanese killer hornet. For real. I'm not kidding about that. It's, that's really what it is. And that's why it's called hornet juice. Stuff. This stuff is crazy. It is super cool. I use it all the time. I got a big box of it that they sent me. And I use it all the time. I used one this morning. I used one yesterday. freaking love it. And um, you can go check that out. Right side of the page. Order some hornet juice. And I send you an email that it's coming to you. pretty cool. All right, so let's get into the training log, and um, after that, that's the end of the show, and I hope you enjoy. Here we go. You are entering the Zentrite training log zone. Kuneli. Hi, everybody. My name is Brett. I'm a triathlete. I decided it's time I got some friends more suited to my status. But Joe, we've been friends for years. Hey. We all make mistakes. Come on, dudes, let's go exercise! Exercise! Yeah! I'm gonna do sit-ups till I poop myself! Alright, welcome to a new training log. Start eight. Oh, I got no idea, I need to stop my watch. I just went for a run. Had a really nice evening run, and what was super cool was you can hear Kona um, panting here. It's getting hot down here in Texas. He's all laying in puddles of water. It's all gross, you know. Yeah, anyway, um, on the side of the road, who knows what's in those things. It's like full of snakes and nastiness. Anyway, we're in the training cave right now. And um, let's see, evening run was really cool because of a few things. Kai rode his new mountain bike that the show helped pay for uh, with his coaching um, along with me for an hour. And because we're running on some, uh, some city streets and then undeveloped streets and a uh, old gravel road and an old dirt road that leads to a cell phone tower and stuff like that, um, perfect for Kai to, um, oh, through his elementary school property, um, perfect for him to, to um, you know, go over things. And it's got seven speeds, I think, and a suspension fork, and it's an aluminum frame. It's a specialized Hot Rock 24. Four inch, I think. So it's perfect. It's it's super cool. Anyway, uh, so as a dad, I'm on cloud nine that my son, you know, went with me. And the whole time he's like, this is so great. I love this dad. We should do this every night, you know. And I'm like, well, <laughs> and I, you know, a little bit of coaching going in in the background, you know. I'm like, well, if you go easy, you can do it pretty much every day. If you go hard, you'll need to take days off in between. And that kind of stuff, like in the background, I think um, he might remember, um, you know, as far as like, you know, uh, for anything in life. So, um, and then uh, I'm doing a thing where I've, I've uh, upped my volume because I actually like training and the minimalist 12 hours a week was, um, and, and less was kind of like, uh, you know, down to eight hours a week. I'm kind of like, oh, I actually like going for a run in the evening and going for a, a swim in the morning and stuff. I kind of like doing about two hours a day. And um, 
So I've upped my volume, and then what I'm doing is being a little bit careful with um, how hard I'm going. So I'm going to experiment for a little while with just doing five minutes hard at the end of a, of a workout, at the very end if I feel like it, and if not, then just keep going easy, and just getting in volume like that. Oh, here comes the cat, and he's coming in here. <laughs> Someday he's going to walk on this treadmill. Sometimes he turns on the treadmill by accident, he hits the switch on the top by jumping up there and uh, it'll go off, and I'm like, someday he's going to get on that thing, it's going to throw him into the wall. Anyway, uh, I went through Houston on, uh, on to go, uh, I mentioned on the last show, I was going to the hospital to see, um, go with my dad for a Parkinson's visit, and uh, that went pretty good, and uh, there's a big clinic for that at the VA hospital in uh, Houston. Oh, the VA system just sucks though, God. I mean, they're trying, but we'll call you back and you'll get a, a letter in the mail in four months to set up your next appointment. It's like, what? You know, there was something funny on Jon Stewart on TV where he was like, he played all these clips of the president and everybody else, all, all presidents, you know, and everybody talking, and the head of the VA and all this other stuff talking about how important our, um, our veterans are, you know, for going to war and stuff like that, especially because it's Memorial Day weekend. And then this, but then when they come back, man, we got to do better with uh, being speedier, you know, with stuff. It's so slow. Anyway, um, <sighs> it's a little, uh, my, my granddad was in that same VA hospital. Now my dad, I have a coworker whose husband is an Iraq veteran. Lot, I know lots of, A&M, College Station is a big military town. And so I just know lots of people that are military. And um, plus I went to military school and I was in the Corps at A&M. And, you know, you just kind of get affiliated with it. It's kind of like I live near a military base in a way. Anyway, um, well, I kind of do Killeen is that huge military base. Um, it's a couple hours from here. But let's see. Where did I leave off? Um, tangent squirrel. Um, on the way back from the uh, VA hospital, I swung by True Tri Sports, T-R-U. TRI, and it's a full-blown, huge tri shop on the northwest side of Houston on 290 off of Barker Cypress, and it's an awesome store. I don't think they're getting enough business, so I want to give them a shout-out, T-R-U-T-R-I, and they had just so much crap on sale. Huge selection of bikes. They carry Quintana Roo and BMC, for example, um, lots and lots of those, and Blue, B-L-U-E, Blue Bikes. Uh, they had a couple of those up front, and... Um, but anyway, while I was in there, I grabbed some EFS. A lot of people that do really well in races uh, fuel on EFS, so I thought I'd give it a try. And then on um, this evening's run, I was doing, uh, um, I've got some old uh, UCAN, so I fueled on that. And that stuff, you can barely even tell it's working because it works so much in the background. And... Um, I want to make a comment about um, the podcast uh, I Am Talk, where they interviewed a guy. By the time you get this, this will be a couple episodes ago. Uh, doctor, let me see if I can find that on my phone. Hold on. Um, let's see. I have the episode. All right. Oh, putting the wet swimsuit in the Nissan Xterra cargo box on top. Man, I got some good stuff for y'all this morning. Morning. 
I got two bikes on the back of my car while I went swimming. <laughs> if you do stuff early in the morning, nobody steals your shit. Because all the people that steal shit are still sleeping in from partying on all the drugs. <laughs> and being hung over from stealing all the crap. Anyway, my bike was locked to the back. Uh, I... Oh, I went for a swim. I got a, I got a few, quite a few really cool things to tell you. Training, training stuff. Cool tips. Um, I went swimming this morning, and yesterday I read something, an article or something. It just kind of crossed my, uh, crossed my uh, 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 horizon. There's a girl dressed like a '70s, '60s hippie, right here. I'm going through the high school parking lot. Must be hippie day or something. Anyway. We swim at the high school uh, swimming pool, um, and uh, it was uh, the swim tip was frequent uh, speed. Swim speed equals stroke length times stroke frequency. So if you if you turn over too slowly, you're not going to go very fast. Um, if your sh- strokes are too short, if you don't stretch out um, right before you pull, which has a little bit to do with rotation because that helps you stretch a little bit more. You know, if you try to touch the ceiling, you kind of rotate your shoulders a little bit to get up there try to touch the ceiling and that's just barely out of reach hey there's a truck in front of me with four bikes in it one two three four five six seven bikes in the back wonder if those are stolen anyway and the uh try to touch the ceiling it's just barely out of reach that's how much you should rotate you know when you really try to reach look look how you elongate your body to do that anyway I think there's a piece of that frequency missing because you're also talking about stroke power. You know, you can get a whole lot of frequency and speed but not be pulling anything uh, by not grabbing anything. So there's a little bit of force, uh, torque uh, involved in there. But um, so I was like, well, this morning I'll swim a little bit more frequent uh, turnover. And I swam 33, 3350 meters in um, 51 minutes. I had to get out. Um, and change or something like that. Anyway, um, it ended up being uh, 2.4 something miles per hour, which is a one hour Ironman swim. Um, and when you speed up your frequency, it's really good for you. It, um, it smooths out over time, it smooths out your stroke. Uh, you got to be careful though um, not to apply as much force because that'll wear you out. Same force, more frequency, blow up or injured. Uh, joint and um, the other thing uh, I got two things about this two more things about this swim the when the Sunto Ambit 2 first came out it had the swim function in it I didn't like the swim function as much because it didn't seem to be as accurate and it was missing turns uh, for me so it was saying I swam like half the distance that I was so I was using a finger mounted lap counter to uh, make up the difference and uh, now, with one of the software updates, I don't know, like a few months ago or something, the thing is so freaking accurate. It's crazy. The Sunto Ambit 2, and whichever one has the, maybe the 2S has swim in it as well, I don't remember. But the, um, holy crap, it is the best training watch on the face of the planet. It is incredible, man. And I was meeting with somebody the other day that has a uh, 910 XT on his wrist, and... Uh, 
uh, just the difference in how they, they both basically do the same thing. And then, um, the, the, uh, Ambit just looks so cool. It looks like a diving watch. I mean, it's so badass. And the, the Garmin 910 looks like, uh, I don't know, it looks like a chunky block of Legos or something. And then, um, and Sunto, uh, when you upload your workouts, they all, all automatically transfer over to Strava, which is so rad, man. I upload my workout, and the next thing I know, I start getting emails of people going, whoa, that was a good workout, because they're seeing me on Strava, because Strava is this, it's the Facebook of, of, of working out, you know, it's pretty cool. Anyway, um, merging with traffic, it's a little bit crazy. Now, another thing I did was I decided, um, uh, yesterday I went for a run at lunch. It's nice to get out in the countryside. I think I'm going to try doing, doing that more often. It just made my work day just a whole lot better to work out in the middle of the day. Just something, you know. And I went for a jog. And it took forever for me to get my legs going and stuff. And I, I have this problem where it takes me a long time to get going. And I think it's because I'm undercarbed for what I do. Uh, well, that's just a theory. So what I'm going to do is try, try for a while is pre-fueling. And I... I uh, did a bike ride last night, um, and I kind of pre-fueled a little bit and had a fantastic bike ride. And um, and pre-fueling just means uh, getting your your body happy with a little blood, little bit of blood sugar before you go. Um, and then this morning, I uh, did the same thing in a water bottle. I uh, a big water bottle, a tall water bottle, water. I mixed uh, a Hornet juice and a scoop of maltodextrin powder and a scoop of uh, old leftover uh, Yukan, which is just the craziest, and some sea salt. It's the craziest concoction of stuff you've ever seen. And my swim workout was fantastic right from the start. I was like, boom, 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 cruising along, not having to wait for everything to warm up as long. And I, it was such a dramatic difference that I think I'm going to try that for a while and uh, try pre-fueling to see if you know, time's precious and we're trying to work out. And if you spend half your workout warming up, well, that's, that's, uh, to get your systems online and, uh, trying to get your blood sugar going and your muscles warmed up. Well, that's a lot of time wasted. So, um, I'm going to try this for a little bit and make sure, you know, body weight doesn't go up and blah, 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 all this other stuff. Um, make sure I'm not craving carbs like crazy and stuff. And I, I'm wondering if, um, so last night we had some pasta after I was done with everything and I worked out about two hours yesterday and I was, uh, before I went to bed, man, I was craving it like really, really bad. And, um, and I'm like, man, I wonder if, uh, if you pre-fuel a little bit, you can get rid of, um, overeating later, you know, because if, if you go into, you're trying to work out and you're under fueled, um, your body's having to dig really deep for stuff. And then later, possibly later, it's trying to uh, compensate. And then you overcompensate because you start getting sloppy as you get uh, later into the day. And um, yesterday, today, and tomorrow is going to be nuts because it's going to be fun though. Um, I'm... Well, yesterday I ran at lunch, which is uh, gymnastics <laughs> of getting that done. I mean, that's hard to do at, at an office job, you know. But it was so nice, like, to be out. So I'm going to try to do it again today. And then um, yesterday on my bike ride, I 
pretty much ended my bike ride at Kai's triathlon practice, and their practice was bike practice at an elementary school about two and a half miles from home, but on the other side of a freeway, and I uh, picked Kai up on bike, and we, I'm like, here, give me your backpack of, of gear, and I'll carry it, and we'll bike home, and uh, so we biked home from that, and then uh, today, going to swim, and then after, I'm going to try to run at lunch, and uh, just for the therapy part of it, like, there's training, and then there's just, you know, the effect that training can have on you, that exercise can have on you, it was so nice, and, uh, and then after work, bike, uh, and that's going to be complicated, because um, I got to pick Kai up from the pool that I just left, and then drive him to where they're doing bike practice, because it's across town, because it's nice and safe there, and then um, and then I might bike there uh, while they're biking, and so to do all that, I can't go back by my house. So I've got all this gear in the car, bikes on the back, and I had to get it all up and going this morning. But um, there's two things about that. One, the challenge is kind of fun. You know, you're like really working your brain trying to figure out how to organize all this and get it done without uh, screwing everything up or forgetting something. It's good for your brain, you know, to have a little challenge, like a puzzle, you know. And then, um, so don't be like pissed off that it's, you know, it's too much or whatever. It's a challenge. And then the other thing was, I'm like, just because I bring all this stuff doesn't mean I have to do it, you know. I can skip it. I can decide that I'm too tired or whatever. And um, uh, I'm, because you shouldn't train if you're tired, you know. You should, you should take a break. And, um, but you get caught up and go, well, I got all this gear. Now I need to train. No, you should evaluate and be like, uh, should I train? Should I train shorter? Should I train not as hard? Should I train harder and shorter? Should I try train longer and, uh, just go a little bit longer, you know, it's easier and, uh, all kinds of good stuff like that. So anyway, all right, I'm at W to the ERK. Got a lot of stuff to do. Oh, and then this weekend we might go to, um, uh, uh, Huntsville State Park and go trail running. I'm going to take Kai. Emily's going to go out of town for a day. And I might take Kai to the real mountain bike trails at Huntsville State Park in the pine forest. It'll be really cool. There's alligators in the lake. That's it. Out bang. All right. Yeah, this is part of the Rocky Raccoon course. It's pretty tough, huh? <laughs> you can see why it's so hard. <laughs> so I'm in the Sam Houston National Forest at Sam Houston State Park with Kai on his mountain bike that was paid for by Coaching for Kai. Uh-huh. Isn't this pretty? Yes. You were talking the whole ride up here about how pretty it is, and I was teaching you about pine forests and stuff. Uh-huh. Listeners may not know, but I have a graduate degree, master's degree, in forestry, of all things. So I should know something about trees. Turns out I took mostly computer classes. <laughs> but I did have to take. They made me take some tree classes. So, what was I teaching you? What, what kind of ground do pine trees like to live in? Sandy and yeah. dry. A little bit dry. Yeah, a little dry. Not too wet, right? And pine trees have their leaves all year round, which makes them... Evergreen. Yeah. But there is an evergreen oak tree called a live oak. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So, stuff like that. Anyway, we're, in, we're 20 minutes in to uh, biking. I'm about to give you a coaching tip. You ready? Yeah. Because when you're going downhill, 
you're having to ride your brakes a lot because it's kind of scary, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because of all the roots and stuff. Well, now what I did is I, I put us onto a trail that doesn't have many roots on it, mm -hmm. right? But it's a little bit hilly, right? And you're a little bit scared going downhill because mm -hmm. it's a little steep. It seems steep to you, right? Yeah. Well, what if I told you that to some people that this doesn't seem steep at all? Okay. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Okay. So my tip is to remember that to some people, this is easy, right? Mm -hmm. So don't be scared, right? It's just a matter of practice. And then um, the other thing is Zen flow. So you're having to come to a stop or ride your brakes really hard and being really, really careful going up and over routes and things like that, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. There's a different way of thinking about it. And you can do it on this trail because it's nice and up and down and even, right? Mm -hmm. But it does have sandy patches and little bits of roots kind of here and there. A little whatever. Is to think of this, Kai. Think of flowing up and down over the trail like water, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have energy, use the energy that you got to carry you over stuff and ride it out, right? Mm -hmm. So think like, a, think like a cat or like flowing water. And let your energy that you've got take you with it. So when you go downhill... Hey, stop for a second. So when you go downhill, let the energy compress you down. And then when you go up, go up, way up in there. And then compress down, like water, like whoosh, like a wave, right? So how would water go up and down this long trail that we're about to go down, right? Uh -huh. That's called flow, right? And get into it. Get into the up and down. And do you, we have Amarita bars in your um, mm -hmm. pack. Do you want any? Are you hungry? Uh -uh. Are you thirsty? You just took some water. So you're good? And I'm taste testing uh, EFS as a running fuel. So um, we'll have more of that in the, on the blog and stuff. All right, let's keep going. All right, we're driving back from Lake Bryan. It's Sunday afternoon. And starting, starting at noon, Kai did his first major open water swim like by English Channel rules. Mommy, what'd you think about it? I was very impressed. It was awesome watching y'all go. So what did he do exactly? Y'all waded into the water and then y'all swam all the way from one side of the lake to the other. How far was it? 1.2 miles. So a nine-year-old just swam 1.2 miles, which is a half half Ironman swim. Yeah. It's pretty dang awesome. And it took him 57 minutes. Yeah. And, and then he swam part of the way back. So we had a kayak escort. And I and then I was in the water too, just swimming along. And so Kai, what was it like? Pretty cool. All the waves that were from the boats hit us. Hit us. You were telling me earlier you weren't scared at all. Uh, I wasn't. Why not? Because I've been in open water before, and I've done open water triathlons. Yeah. Yeah. So no problem at all. Uh huh. Nope. Are you glad you did it? Yes. What does it feel like now that you are a, um, a real open water swimmer? Pretty cool. What are you going to do? What are you going to do with your life now? From now on out? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, yeah. That's it? Yeah. Nothing ever again? Nope. No? Nope. Well, what are we, what are we doing next? A, sw um, a bike. Oh, 
no, we're gonna we're gonna get a milkshake. Yeah. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah! Listen to this morning. So Kai's been talking about, like, right after the swim, he wants to go bike, like, to go do a half Ironman. Yeah, that's what he said. He's been asking me, like, what's the bike distance? Yeah, and then the run. Mm -hmm. He's been for two days. He's been asking me about what are all the distances. So he thinks that he could do all the. He told me a couple days ago that he could do, or yesterday, that he could do all the just the whole distance of an Ironman, but just spread it out over you know three weekends like this weekend do the swim next weekend do the bike and the following weekend do the run <laughs> wow okay that, that'd be pretty impressive yeah you're gonna do that yeah all right <clears throat> oh well maybe you take a few weeks rest in between maybe spread the bike out over like a few weekends or something like that that's a long bike ride what do you think, Mommy? Are you pretty impressed? I'm super impressed. I already said that. I'm very proud of him. It's awesome. Were you ever nervous? When the boat started getting too close to y'all, yeah, I was, and then, yeah, I was a little concerned. <laughs> and then I couldn't tell if Kai was swimming or not swimming on the way back, way, way out there, and then I, because yeah. I could only see you, but. The water's so murky that if you go underwater an inch, you can't see. Somebody can't see you underwater. It's like instant disappearing. So I took a long uh, rope. Uh, parachute cord kind of stuff and uh, tied one of those floating keychain things those squishy floating keychains to uh, Kai's ankle with what was it, about 15 feet of rope and so when he was swimming it was being pulled along behind him so Kai you could have probably swam even a little bit faster without that thing on you but Kai would go underwater to take like a pull of breaststroke to get started again and he would just completely disappear and it would freak me out for a second and then he'd pop back up <laughs> as, as soon as he'd go under I'd look for that blue thing like floating in the water and I'd be like oh there it is so and then one time Kai remember where I pulled you to a stop yeah. by pulling on it Why? I was trying to get your attention to tell you to swim straight because you were veering off to the side so and then Jesse was our escort and um, in the kayak and um, when we got to the other side he said there was two huge fish in the shallows that he was poking at with a paddle so alright that's it out bang alright we are back training log it's been a while Thursday leaving the pool I gotta eat and drink guys so you miso phono whatever's whatever the fear is of hating <sighs> listening to people eat and drink. I'm going to pull the mic away while I do it. It's a thing. I don't get it. But anyway, oh, I've gone a little bit too low carb lately and got moody, moody last night. Emily, where are you? She's late. You know, she's helping take care of other people. I'm like, you need to take care of your family. But I know what's what's cool is is I know what it is, and that's so nice. You know, learning the science and having knowledge um, to um, to figure out what's going on with your body and your mind when things are happening. And um, and on one on one hand, I'm like. Oh, 
you know, I'm almost 41 now, 40, and I really could have used this knowledge early on, and dang it, you know, my life could have been <laughs> different, probably, if I knew, knew the stuff that I knew now, if I knew it then, you know, and, but then I'm like, well, I mean, that's the breaks, because what makes it okay is, well, if I don't know it, I can pass it on to other people and other people with more time to live, you know, people in their 20s or something like that. And Kai, you know, who's like nine, pass it on to him so he knows. And that's how the human race continues to evolve and get smarter and smarter. And technology continues to make uh, life uh, somewhat better and definitely more interesting. So, um, the latest thing is, uh, Kai swim. I, uh, emailed, uh, the lo- local TV station and the local newspaper and the TV station ran a little TV spot on Kai, um, um, just under a minute long and, um, one second pretty much for every minute that Kai swam, uh, shown on TV and, um, that he swam across Lake Bryan, 1.2 miles and then um, the newspaper uh, called yesterday and wants to run an article on Kai. And they wanted to interview him. And I said, yeah, sure. You may not get that much out of him because on the phone, he's like, yeah, uh-huh, great, good, you know, like a typical kid. And uh, so we'll see. And uh, Emily posted to Jamie Patrick's Facebook wall. I guess I'm not a big Facebooker, so I don't know how it works. But he um, that the the link to the TV blurb and um, and Jamie Patrick, who was male open water swimmer of the year uh, a year or two ago, um, and who swam across uh, Lake Tahoe with me, uh, was like, "Holy crap! That just made my day! Way to go, Kai!" Nine years old, open a nine-year-old open water swimmer doing a half Ironman swim. It's freaking crazy. And um, again, the coolest thing about the whole swim, the thing that keeps coming back to mind, is that Kai wanted to do it. I did not push him into it at all. It was totally his thing. I actually talked him down from swimming across and back. Dude, let's just swim across. And then, um, but that he was not scared at all absolutely no fear he looked at me like I was crazy every time I asked if he was a if he felt scared or you know was he worried or anything like that he's like no and that was just nuts and then what was the other thing he um the 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 mental picture I keep getting when I think about the swim was him neck deep in water you know up to his chin up to his nose I'm a we're stopping you know and just kind of treading water and I'm checking on him, you know, and I'd go, is there everything good? And he would just smile like the biggest, stupidest smile, like he was having the time of his life and then hold his thumb up, like thumbs up and then go, yeah, let's go. It's like, okay, you're free. I, then, I, then it hit me like a day later. I'm like, he's freaking crazy is what he is. <clears throat> anyway, so there's that. Um, yeah, the uh, uh, got in, got into a little bit of a higher fat, low carb kick for a little bit, and then uh, after a couple of days, start feeling the effects of getting grumpy and 
and uh, you know wanting more carbs and stuff. So I mean, it either doesn't work for me or I'm doing it too fast. Probably a little bit of both. And then um, to the amount that I was doing it. And I'm trying to think whatever else. Um, w to the E R K. W E R K is German for work. Somebody pointed out that out to me. Got a whole bunch of emails um, lately about stuff that we'll read off um, in the the um, emails from listeners section and donation section. And um, I think that's it. It was really cool hearing the the uh, Tawny interviewing Sammy Inkinen. And um, I'm going to pick on Ben Greenfield for just a second, not in a bad way. But on, he was on her latest podcast and he was saying, you know, never did I say and never should you do uh, the ketosis diet for weight loss. It's more of a disease management kind of diet. It's too much, I think he said it has too much possibility for messing up your thyroid and stuff like that. So you only do it, don't do it just recreationally for weight loss. And I was like, so I was thinking about it. And I'm like, man, I don't know, Ben. Like you came across like, to, like you should do this to everybody. <laughs> and, uh, and maybe he didn't. Like maybe it was us interpreting his his talks that way, and because I was like, no, he did, he did, he did an Ironman in ketosis, right? And then he said, you know, if he would ever, would he ever do it again? And he said, yeah, he would. And then I thought about it again, and I'm like, but he never said he did it for a race, for racing, not for weight loss. So I don't know. I'm a little confused, but that's okay. Um, just when you think you have things figured out you get a little twist in things and, and people are allowed to change their mind and do whatever it's up to you to stay on top of things and keep things uh, straight as the world changes I've taught Kai oh my gosh a little zen moment right here I've taught Kai um, that uh, and he's, he's gotten it like totally gets it and has repeated it back to me many times on his own um, that the only thing that that doesn't ever change is change. Change is constant. Everything changes all the time. He'll say, change, everything changes all the time, right, Daddy? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you're right. You know? Um, people die. People are born. Um, this house, oh, we were talking to him. Emily and I were talking to him about our house has a like a little crack somewhere or something. I don't know whatever it was. Doorknobs coming off or something like that. I said, yeah, the, the house is changing. So everything changes. The house is falling apart. Everything wants to fall apart once it's made over time. If nobody lived in this house and nobody took care of it, it would fall apart. I'm looking at a sidewalk right now driving, and there's weeds growing up through the crack because uh, there's change. Everything changes. And people get really pissed off and upset whenever um, they think things are going to stay the same, you know? And uh, my buddy Morgan and I have a big joke about got everything all figured out, you know, because you'll never have everything all figured out because everything's changing all the time. And let's say you do get everything figured out and everything stays the same, right? Well, then you change. Your body changes, your hormones change, your height changes, your hair changes, everything changes, you know, and then the weather changes, everything changes. But what's the... One of the facets of this is uh, that's important to remember is uh, is entropy, which is 
Um, I'm not an expert on entropy, so I'm, be careful with this. I may be off by a little bit, but I believe it means um, the the um, the law of the universe that uh, the uh, everything tends to kind of fall apart and to a state of, of uh, disarray, chaos. And, <clears throat> and I'm not making that up. That's an actual ruin. That's not like the secret, <laughs> the law of attraction or some crap like that. But it's... Uh, um, Everything falls apart, and it's so funny that Zen and Buddhism figured this out 2,500 years ago, I think, just through observation, and have been teaching it for that long. And everything falls apart, and um, people are miserable when they expect it not to. So all you have to do is be okay with things uh, falling apart, and that it's then that's normal. And that it takes a little bit of work to try to keep things together, or you have you have to constantly keep on top of things, and uh, and when you do, and you realize that, you're a whole lot happier. Um, I'll talk about it probably in another podcast, but the uh, 83 problems, which is pretty good. All right, that's it. Out, bang. All right, I know I'm on my headphone thing, so it doesn't sound as good. I'm on my way to the dentist. Oh, crap. Let's see what happens. (laughs) I know. So my teeth started going bad once I started doing endurance sports. Oh, squirrel moment. There's a turkey buzzard over there picking at an armadillo. That's a roadkill. Anyway, um, my teeth started getting cavity spots on them uh, when I started doing endurance sports a lot. And it's you're bathing your teeth and sugar, and then it got really bad when I was eating a liter of uh, green smoothie every day, constantly sipping on it, and although I was feeling pretty healthy and pretty fit and getting lean from that, it's uh, uh, green smoothie, did I say fruit smoothie, is because uh, you use fruit to sweeten it, and you're bathing your teeth in it constantly, taking a glug here and a glug there, that was my method. Well, you're bathing your teeth in acid, which is even worse. Sugar and acid. So, there's all that. So, I quit doing the green smoothie. I'm very much a fan of the green smoothie. And I might start doing it again, but more judiciously, because it tears the living F out of your teeth. It ain't cool. I got a truck trying to merge. Well, maybe not. Okay. So let's go in to the doctor and uh, see what we got. Out. Well, crap, that sucked. <laughs> Dang, I hate this, man. You hear things at the dentist office that you just things you just don't want to hear. There's signals and signs of that you're do you're not doing it right. Brett, every time you come in here, you got more cavities. What are you doing? And they think the endurance sport stuff I do is great. You know, but he's, and he said, you know, this, so I got between two molars where the teeth almost touch. I got a cavity on both sides, both teeth. And then, um, the outside of another tooth has some decay and I had braces for a long time as a kid. So some of it's from having braces and, uh, little spots. Um, I fall asleep cause I'm tired sometimes without brushing my teeth at night. Um, 
and I drink coffee, so it's acidic. But, you know, the sugary stuff that you use to, um, but I use for fuel, does a lot of it, but I'll eat sugary stuff and then immediately rinse out my mouth. I don't do just Gatorade, right? I'll do a sugary drink, a big glug, and then immediately wash my mouth out with water to follow it up. And, you know, but like I said, there's little signals that you're doing it wrong. The receptionist is trying to book, you know, when I'm coming back and she's looking at a chart of where I have these cavities. She goes, oh, so many cavities. (laughs) I walked out of there just going, dang, man, this sucks. My teeth are changing. I don't like it, but I think I can do better. It's a mistake to blame everything else there's something I'm not doing right and what was cool was I was listening to um, a Zen talk uh, uh, out of the San Francisco Zen Center as a podcast while I was um, get my teeth cleaned and stuff and they said what was it um Tendai, I think was the type, the, the Zen master guy giving the talk was saying that um, there's a type of practice, Zen practice for monks or whatever, that is so, is so hard to, to achieve, just, I don't know, whatever, to, to be Zen. And uh, it's so hard, only 50 people have ever completed it in 1,500 years. <laughs> So he said um, uh, the final part of it, oh, a Bentley, uh, the final part of it is a, um, what is it, uh, three days, it was either two, but I think it was three, three days of no drinking, no water, and no, no food, no water, and something else, know something else. And his comment on it was so much, so much distress and hard work and, and basically frustration, you know, three days of this, of really torturing yourself um, to discover something that's been there along the whole time anyway. And, um, and I thought that was really cool. And what he means is um, you're already a perfectly functioning human. All your systems are running and intact and everything is the way it is. Um, And it's undoing all the crap that you've added on top of it, thinking things should be different or whatever, to come to terms with reality. Um, That's all the hard work. And uh, people will go to retreats and do all this frustration and, and uh, angst and everything only to find out that the whole time only to finally learn that the whole time that they're fine <laughs> it's just their viewpoint you know where they were standing and to look at the situation just needed to be changed because you can't change the situation you can only change, you know, how you uh, perceive it. 
And so nothing, all, all that work, three days of no food, no water, no nothing, only to discover something that's been there the whole time. Anyway, I thought that was pretty cool. I'm going to run into Freebirds and get a couple of tacos because now I'm hungry. And so, Oh, so one thing that, that Dr. Kaiser said, you know, he said a lot of these things that are really healthy for you end up tearing up your teeth, you know. I mean, your teeth aren't meant to last forever. There's a reason why old people have no teeth left <laughs> in the end. Um, you wear them out. Cows chew them down, you know. Um, it's like only sharks that you know, keep regenerating teeth. Um, he said, you know, six meals a day, it's really healthy for you, but it's the, it's just the constant exposure. And he's right. Six meals a day is really healthy for you. It's so healthy for you, but my God, it's, uh, apparently not so hot for your teeth. So I'm going to start brushing three times a day, every day, no matter what, and do this fluoride thing at night that he said, I got to put an end to this because it costs money. Fillings cost money. A lot of money. That's a lot of pain and a lot of, it's a lot of unnecessary. Uh, uh, my mom has a word for uh, kind of upset. <laughs> That's just not necessary. And uh, you can avoid it. So I just need a uh, different perspective a different viewpoint on what I'm doing. Either come to terms with that's what's going to happen with my teeth or teeth treat my teeth, uh, have different habits. And uh, I should see a change, possibly, maybe. We'll see. We'll find out. All right, that's it. Out, bang. All right. <laughs> I'm running along a country road with Kona, the wonder dog. Just had a couple of cars go by. Otherwise, it's pretty quiet. It's crows. Wildflowers, here's some motorcycles. This is the road where many episodes ago I used to record the chihuahuas coming out and attacking me. <laughs> Y'all probably heard that. The time I had to bop the Dalmatian on the head. But anyway, an airplane going overhead. Sun setting, it's Thursday evening. just out for an easy run really not feeling it like not feeling strong but really feeling like getting out I'm gonna go do something I've cut way back on my run volume and getting back on it hurts <laughs> I was just telling somebody today he's like I'll do anything but I won't run and I'm like yeah dude I understand running sucks to get started but boy once you're a runner it is the best thing in the world because it is the cheapest and fastest way to get some exercise with some cars <laughs> now we're running in a major two-lane road <laughs> there's no cars coming the opposite way so we ran in that lane while those cars went by right there okay now we're in some grass this is what you call a soundscape somebody's describing what they're seeing to you by audio so I was thinking about how starting off on this run you know 
Dude, I think I'm probably running an 11 or 12 minute mile and it hurts and my ankles twisted a little bit. It's really, really slow. And we're so quick to judge on our overall abilities based on one little thing, you know? Here, come on, let's go over here. Now we're gonna go off onto an abandoned road. They built a new intersection, locked this corner. Here comes a truck with a camper. I bet they're coming over here. We better get totally off this road. Okay, now we're in a little field. <laughs> I didn't need to have this much commentary. Here's the diesel pulling the camper. Sometimes there's no commentary. It's just running. That's what it is. We run. Over here, buddy. We're going this way. I know it's hot. But this is what we're doing. Now, let me walk for a second while I rub my forehead. Get some sweat off. It's really humid. But the sun's starting to go down, so it's only, you know, 85 degrees. Before we left the house, I tied Kona to the wall outside and then sprayed him down with the garden hose. You know, even though he's a lab, he's still like, what the hell? Leave me alone. Okay, now we're on a very much dead end road. We're gonna run out and back. It's gonna be real nice. It's gonna be real nice. Hey, get out of there. No. God, you're so disgusting. Gotta be into everything. Alright, so anyway. So I'm like, oh, I'm a terrible runner, you know, I'm running so slow. How am I ever, ever, ever going to be any good? <laughs> it's so funny. You are what you are right now. You can't be anything else. Anything else is impossible. The universe didn't work out that way. Sit there wishing for other different. It's a physically impossible for it to be different. You would, there would have to have been a different world history for the situation to be different. Millions of things would have had to go differently. So I'm like, how oh, you're running, how oh, you're running. You know? But I did think of something. I might like to try. I think I mentioned this earlier. I actually like volume a little bit. You know? I think my problem in the past, oh, there's a bunny rabbit. There's a freaking bunny rabbit right there. Come on, look, there's a bunny rabbit. He didn't see it. We saw some deer a few minutes ago, though. They were big. As my friend would say about a horse, when his Rottweiler would see a horse, Rottweiler would freak out. A big dog, big dog. <laughs> no, that's not a dog, that's a horse. Anyway. I think it's always so nice and to pull away from training for a while and get to revisit everything. Reevaluate everything. 
And that's definitely the upside of being injured is you can reevaluate. Listening to the Ritual podcast with uh, the girl on there that was the gold medalist breaststroker. I have this theory, you know. I've mentioned it before. Before almost everybody's epic performance, there's an injury or a situation where they can't train for a while. They have to take a long break. And then they come back, you know, and kick ass better than ever before. So this girl, let's walk around this corner. Ooh, sunflowers. Big field of sunflowers. Soon that'll all be condos. Get rid of all this nature. Yuck. Oh, I saw a tarantula the other day on my bike. I posted pictures on Twitter. He was crossing the road. And I stopped traffic to help him get across the road. Just one truck. He honked at me. It's a two-lane road. One car in five minutes comes by. And he honks at me that I'm in the road. Like, he could totally go around me, too, by the way. I was just in one lane. I threw my hands up in the air like, what the hell? Because he threw his hands up in the air like, what are you doing in the road? I threw my hands back at him like, what are you doing honking? Dumbass. (laughs) Go around. Anyway. That's your non-zen moment. (laughs) On this show, I come across somehow as like this really level-headed person. And I am most of the times, but I'm just as unlevel-headed and chaotic and crazy as anybody else. More so in times. At times, I think. Anyway. (sighs) You take anybody that's been to military school, Marine Corps military school, when they were a young teenager. And then their freshman, entire freshman year in the core at a <laughs> which was my situation and they're going to think that they're tough oh, I was a I think I mentioned that before I was a bouncer for almost a year big bar lots of fights and stuff I, sometimes I, I think I'm a lot tougher than I am wave back at the guy he's probably got he's probably got 16 guns in his truck you know and there I am waving back at him like I'm a F you. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, I think about that. That was a lifetime ago, all that stuff. It's almost 20 years ago, a lot of it. Some of it more, way more than 20, 25 years ago. But anyway, I saved a tarantula. It was really cool. Oh, and he got all mad, and then he started trying to attack my bike. I was taking the rear wheel of my bike holding my bike up off the ground and kind of trying to scoot him along so he'd get out of the road. And the tarantula goes, F you. <laughs> oh, and he started waving his arms in the air, his leg. It starts attacking me. Climbed up my bike three times, trying to come at me, trying to jump at me. And sink, they have fangs, man, big fangs. You can see them, big black fangs. Anyway, I got him out of the road. It was cool. So, I'm a volume. I like the volume. 
one of our frequent hosts, John Hirsch, we've talked many times about how he's hyper, I guess. I don't know what the technical diagnosis is for him. You know, he's hyperactive, like a lot of us are. And we're not happy unless we're stimulated. Emily came to terms with that a long time ago. I don't know when the conversation actually was where I got it through to her. And I'm like, you pin, you pin me up. You know, it's a, it's a difference between an apartment dog and a hunting yard dog, you know, like a country dog. There's some dogs that just tear the crap out of everything because you're trying to keep them in a house. Dalmatian is a really good example. So Dalmatian is a horse carriage dog. That's why you see them with fire departments because fire departments used to be hauler water carriages by horse. And so in Eastern Europe, they used to accompany people on horseback fancy horse carriages traveling town to town they were stable dogs and they would run with the horses this is a really cool story they would run with the horses and if you're living in a small or a European village and the streets are kind of crowded and you see a Dalmatian come running through the streets that was a sign to get the hell out of the road out of the alley because a carriage of a rich guy or somebody is about to come through and they're gonna run over your ass. So these carriages travel from town to town, you know, from out of town to into town. So quite a distance. So Dalmatians were bred for the running gene. 20 miles a day, 25, 20 to 25 miles a day. And they're happy, happy. That makes them happy. Yeah, and you don't run them and they get really destructive because they have lots of energy border collies same way they want a herd they want to corral things they want to work 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 working dogs cattle dogs same way you don't let them run let them figure out things play games they get destructive they're like raccoons and then there's, well, back to the Dalmatians. Another cool thing about Dalmatians you'll notice is they jump around and act real silly and they jump sideways and slam into each other a lot for fun. They actually do this. They'll do a circle and then slam into something with their chest. That's to knock things out of the way for the, so the horse carriages can get through. It's really crazy. And then... I used to have a Dalmatian. I, I researched this. Like, why in the world is he acting like such a freak? Anyway. So they're considered the gymnasts of the dog world. Because they, they are the acrobats. They do crazy stuff. So, and then some dogs make great apartment dogs. They don't need to go run. They're very happy just hanging out. And don't crave exercise. So 
So there's lots of animals that are like this. And within a species, there's variants, you know. So I think I'm coming to terms with but I'm like I'm like a Dalmatian. I think John Hirsch is like a greyhound. He's fast. I may not necessarily be, be fast at all compared to a fast a fast human. But man, I like to move. I just like to move. I like to be outside. I like to see grass. I love mountains. I love the outdoors. I've told my employer I, I can't have an office without a window. I have to work where there's a view. Or else I'm going to have to go somewhere else <laughs> where there's a view. I know it's crazy, but I did it for years. I was, man, I hope I never, ever have to do it again. It is horrible. Horrible, horrible. I'd survive, you know. But I'd be looking for something else. So my approach might be for a little while because I got time because there's nothing coming up is back to some volume but what I was doing before was I wasn't taking rest when I should have and I was going just a tad bit too hard if you go gently you can get faster without burning yourself up yeah. So I think that's where I'm at. Alright. Sun's starting to go down. It's really pretty right here. Like for example, I'm running across on a sidewalk. It's next to a big empty field, and there's a sign they're gonna put in a giant gas station right there. They're all excited. And to me it's devastating. All those animals and all that nature, that soothing, all that soothing green and critters, tarantulas, turtles. I saved two turtles out the road the same, same uh, Sunday. All gone. So that we can have those gas pumps, you know, that blare out messages. They play music out of a really shitty speaker. <laughs> Baby, 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 ah. Come inside and get a 40-ounce cola. Get two for 50 cents. Get fat, get stupid, and then play the lottery. Ah, baby, 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 ah. And lights, overhead lights, 24-7, floodlights, no darkness, no relaxing darkness at night. Anyway, change. You don't like it? Get used to it. <laughs> Stay on top of it, actually, more than anything. Move somewhere else that you like better. All right, that's it. I'll be back in a bit. Bang. All right, we're on the bike. 
Let's see if I can move this mic around. I got a plastic bag around the mic. Let's see if I can do better than that. Hold on just a second. Okay. And all my, uh, my long rant yesterday, I remember after I finished recording, the girl on the Ritual podcast dropped four seconds off of her world-class breaststroke 200 time, which is unheard of, after going to get heart surgery and taking some time off to recover. It took her like a year. And then you come back super strong. So I'm riding on an access road next to the uh, freeway. Saved a turtle already this morning. Gave up on another one. He was suicidal. <laughs> there we go. Ah, this is nice. So when I was um, biking yesterday, no, driving to swim, I noticed the sun was up already at six, just barely though. And I was like, man, I want to bike. So this morning I went, got up and biked. It's just a little bit dark when I started and I got the blinky light. Maybe we'll get a car come by here. There's a guy I'm chasing over the horizon. I've seen two cyclists this morning. This guy's fast. The other guy I passed, no problem. Well, I don't really care one way or the other. And this guy though, he's just out of reach, which is nice. I don't know, the, the microphone on this device, on the Black Mamba, has a compressor on it and it gets rid of, you know, ambient noise. So I'll have to listen to this to see how much it got rid of. So, motivated by my dentist visit yesterday, <laughs> brushed my teeth last night, of course, everybody but then I read on a slow twitch forum, one thing you can do is uh, brush your teeth before you go on a workout and you're gonna eat all this um, sugary crap. Hold on. Then you'll uh, your mouth will be clean. And then definitely another tip: what I do is I keep my food and water separate. And I'm doing I'm going to do this a lot more. I found myself doing this this morning. I thought I'd share it. I took a sip of sugary crap. 
and then you know, swallow it and then swish your mouth with water like you know when you see somebody do a mouthwash like that take a nice big glug of fresh water and then and swallow it knock that crap out get it out get it out not safe what I'm doing. It's kind of safe. But I've got no brakes. I got no hands on brakes. I don't like it. Maybe I should get a uh... oh man if I get a Bluetooth a hill, I'm going to go downhill. Be back later. Out, bang. How do I turn this off? There. Oh man, this is going to be one of the more useful things I say on this podcast here in a second. <laughs> I was like, man, this show is all about tooth decay. This is serious stuff, man. Uh, Chrissy Wellington, I think Jody Swallow, um, lots of triathletes that are famous, lots of endurance athletes, cyclists, post on Twitter. Ah, another visit to the dentist. Freaking teeth are rotting out, right? So this is a very serious subject that um, costs a lot of money um, and a lot of pain. So uh, tooth health. So I'm... Uh, I'm walking around the house, drinking a green tea. We're about about to drink a green tea. And I'm like, I wonder if green tea is good for your teeth or bad for your teeth, right? Dude, in this, in this day and age, with a smartphone in your pocket, you never have to want, you got to get in the habit of Googling whatever your question is. As soon as you have a question in your mind, uh, you Google it. And I find it really odd that more people don't do this. I do it constantly. I'm like... I wonder if brick mailboxes are more safe for cars or kids than uh, wooden post mailboxes, you know? I mean, like, if, if you think of anything, just Google it and find out, you know? And you'll come up with varying results and then uh, kind of decide. But at least you'll know some statistics or something, you know? Um, are there any oak trees that, uh, you know, are green all year round? I wonder. Hmm. Everybody just sits around and looks at each other at the breakfast table. Oh, I don't know. So go look. <laughs> anyway, is green tea good for your teeth or bad for your teeth? I'm sitting there trying to take care of my teeth and I'm about to drink a green tea and I'm like, well, should I be worried about this or not? I know that coffee is not. I'm pretty sure. I've Googled that before. <laughs> and that is, uh, it's acidic and it stains and stuff like that, right? So I Google it and I'm sitting there reading my smartphone, walking around the house, drinking my green tea, feeling like a genius because it is, it's good for your teeth. Okay, and this is why. One, green tea, oh, go, go, go. Beat the oncoming traffic, go. Green tea has um, a little bit of fluoride in it, just a tiny amount. Is it inconsequential? I don't know. Did you know, um, 
forgot what region it is in Africa, but you see the uh, the the Africans that are like the huge white smile, you know. Well, there's a there's a um, a bush that has thorns on it that grows around there. If you break a thorn off the bush and use it as a toothpick, you clean your teeth, and it also happens to have some fluoride in it. And um, you end up with people with clean teeth, and it's a ha- culturally, it's a habit. I don't know if they do this anymore, but culturally, it's a habit. Just you walk by one of these bushes, you break off one of the thorns, and, and uh, chew on it, and, uh, and uh, pick at your teeth with it. How about that? So, naturally occurring fluoride is a thing, and it helps a lot of people, and it has for, um, hold on, I gotta make sure I got my bag. Do I not have my bag? Hold on. I gotta pull over here. I gotta pull over here for a second. Did I not grab my bag? I need my bag. My bag of magic. Oh, looks like we gotta go back to the house. Did I forget it? Man, and I was just on time for work. Okay, well, we gotta go around. Back to the house. I'm probably gonna pick up a nail in my tire because I'm driving where I shouldn't be driving. New construction. New change. <laughs> anyway, the um, what was my point? A little bit of fluoride. Um, oh, and... Green tea has uh, some antibacterial properties. So it kills off um, bacteria in your mouth. And the dentist yesterday was just saying, you know, it's the bacteria hanging out in your mouth, bacteria hanging out in your mouth, that, um, man, I was going to be early to work now. Now I'm going to be late. I went from early to late (laughs) in one shot. Watching this traffic accident about to happen. There we go. So this leads me to something else. Oh, so oh, um, studies show that people who um, that the more green tea someone drinks, on average, the better their dental health. Periodont, peri, peri, periodontal, dent, let's just say dental health actually is. Isn't that cool? So switch from coffee and drink green tea instead. Okay, so let's talk about practical application as far as, as uh, triathlon life goes. Okay, caffeine, good. Everybody loves caffeine. If you don't, you're a Nazi or something. But the, um, the point is, um, let's talk about uh, adding caffeine to your fuel. If you make your own mix of fuel or you want to add caffeine to your fuel. In my case, um, Nodos and stuff like that, Vivarin, these caffeine pills that you can take, they actually hurt my stomach. That's actually lab-created. It's artificial caffeine, and it's too strong. Uh, There's all different types of caffeine. And um, the, uh, the caffeine in green tea is just slightly different than the caffeine in coffee, and that's just slightly different from caffeine created in a lab, um, you know, out of chemicals. And that's just slightly different than caffeine in yerba mate. 
and, and I know yerba mate is um, matine instead of caffeine. It's a and um, all these things affect people differently. I'm 99.9% sure that the caffeine in yerba mate makes me uh, have to start peeing all the time. I thought I had a bladder infection years ago, several times in a row, and it turned out I quit drinking uh, yerba mate and it went away. And I started drinking yerba mate and it came back. Right. So there's your there's your n n equals one uh, study. But um, so when I do a triathlon and I I pop a caffeine pill, I end up having like strong stomach pains, and uh, it really you know hurts my stomach, and um, and then it gives me gas I think from the stomach pain and you know all kinds of stuff. So the um, at Ironman Texas and pos- possibly one of the things that uh, made my stomach uh, hurt on the bike and keep me from digesting stuff was the um, the fact, and I'd done this on rides and hadn't had a problem. Um, I put uh, a Folgers instant coffee in my fuel bottle, you know, and over four hours, I drank one of those and didn't experience any kind of problems. Walking back into the house to get my bag here. Hold on. And here's my bag. And oh, we got lights on. Let's turn some of these lights off. Turn off the lights, as my dad would say. He lived in a barn. Barns don't have lights, dad. Anyway, the um, so a four-hour ride, one packet, you know, one serving of Folgers instant coffee mixed in there uh, for the caffeine because that kind of caffeine doesn't bother me. And I would ride like that, mixed in with my fuel, you know, it's to bother me. Ironman Texas, it's a five and a half-hour ride. I put in two, and then I ended up drinking it too fast anyway. That could have what made could have been what made my stomach hurt. But I've been eyeballing this stuff called matcha. And I didn't know about it. Um, or glossed over it in my life. But I saw Tawny tweet something about that she was ordering matcha. I was like, what is matcha? And I tweeted, after I figured out what it was, Googled it, duh. <laughs> what is matcha? And it's green tea powder. And I think the main gist is that it's powdered green tea where they just grind up green tea. And uh, and now it's a powder. You can add it. You can make tea out of it, you know, because it's kind of like instant tea powder. Um but I guess you could do other things with it, like sprinkle it and stuff. You could maybe cook with it. I don't know. Put it in other things. But um, I saw that and I was like, man, that's uh, interesting. Um, and then uh, I was reading on Slow Twitch about the... Um, People were talking about fuel, you know, for long distance racing, long bike rides and such. 
and the um, one guy was saying, you know, he was making his own fuel, and then blah blah blah. And he was like really strongly enthusiastic about this. Like, guys, you know, add some herbal tea, and I'm like, no, again, the herbal crap. Okay, whatever. And um, <laughs> if I'm gonna drink tea, it's gonna have caffeine in it. It's gonna be from a tea leaf, not not from a not from a yopon or 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 a berry tree or something like something that's questionable on whether it really works or not you know and uh so but it made it made me start thinking i think maybe he said green tea too but he definitely was uh saying tea you know and so um and there's a difference actually between tea and tea so tea is you know tea leaves from a tea plant soaked in hot water so it extracts the uh, the chemicals out, and then you enjoy it. And then herbal tea is um, typically anything but a tea plant. And so you take leaves of a dandelion or something like that and soak that and uh, get all the nice, happy chemicals out of that. But nothing has caffeine in it like tea or coffee, you know. So the herbal stuff is kind of... Kind of me, and um, you got to be you got to be wanting the chemicals that come out of those other plants for whatever reason to uh, be into that kind of tea. Um, so that's why I'm saying he was like herbal tea, herbal. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of that's kind of like um, what is that branch of medicine? That's a total quackery. Um, well, there's many. They're most. <laughs> anyway, the um, uh, but there's there's teas like uh, the you know, uh, make you sleepy. And it's, you know, the plant has uh, calm inducing, sleep inducing characteristics, right? It'd be the opposite of caffeine. Um, so there you go. But anyway, back on track. I'm like, ah, matcha is green tea powder. I've done a couple rides now where I've put a green tea bag at least one ride where I microwaved uh, green tea. You know, I, I made some green tea in a bag, and then I poured the tea into the um, into a fuel bottle, and then added my fuel, and um, you know, used that base of green tea as the um, as a lot of the liquid, you know, to mix up my fuel, and it was fine. I barely noticed it. Uh, I didn't notice the green tea flavor at all. In fact, it might have been kind of nice. But now I'm thinking, like, well, instead of that, what if I just got matcha, ordered some matcha, or go find it, and then um, scoop it, right? And then shake it up. And um, then I have green tea instantly. And then the uh, I've got green tea right in my, in my fuel bottle. It's got a little bit of fluoride and uh, caffeine that doesn't hurt my stomach. And... Uh, whatever, antibacterial kind of in there a little bit, and um, and use that as my caffeine basis for stuff. I think I'm going to try it. Anyway, that's my gist. <laughs> Is uh, consider uh, okay. So one, green tea, good for your teeth. Um, if you're having tooth problems or you're just a triathlete in general, you might want to consider switching over to green tea. 
as your source of caffeine. It's better for you. Um, and then uh, it may even prevent stuff and tooth decay may help out a lot. And also, uh, one way to get green tea is this stuff called matcha, M-A-C-H-A. And uh, Tawny, I almost said Tawny Katane. Tawny Prazak is a um, is an enthusiast of matcha, so you might want to ask her more about it because I don't know anything about it. So hit her up, Tawny Prazak, on uh, the Twitters. All right, that's it. I got to get the W to the ERK out. Bang. All right. Leaving the hardware store. Man, they have the coolest app in there. Hold on. Let me put on my old lady sunglasses. One time I was in the grocery store. H-E-B is what we call What we have down here. Howard E. Butts. (laughs) For real. H-E-B. And, uh... I love getting cheap sunglasses because I've had expensive ones before and it seems like the more expensive they are, the faster I scratch them, lose them, break them. And then if I get super cheap ones, they last forever. I never lose them. And if I do, then it's like, oh well. So I was getting, I was walking like the old people prescription area. Oh, a new Corvette. Cool. Very cool. Wow, it looks a lot different than the... um, than the older ones. We'll get to that in a second. So, for cycling and for running, you know, just huge sunglasses. And I like the uh, amber tint because it's best for seeing stuff in the road. It's, it's also called driving lens color. And uh, that's what color my goggles are. Kaiman. No. Kai. I don't know. Whatever. And, uh, I got a fluorescent light bulb, two fluorescent light bulbs. I hope I don't break them. I got these huge sunglasses. I think they're old lady sunglasses, you know? Because Emily's got a pair that's almost exactly the same, and they have, like, glitter on them. (laughs) Anyway, it's doing errands around the house. Let's walk around this Corvette. Yeah, it's a Stingray. Very cool. It's got a little Stingray logo on it. It's got air vents over the rear wheels, over them. Very nice. Good job, Chevy. Way to make a Ferrari killer, dude. Holy crap, that is a wicked freaking car. It's, this one's blue. Nice. Alright. Um, so anyway, I was just in Lowe's hardware store, and they've got an app that helps you find stuff, and I'm thinking that this is the, the finally... This is why apps were invented on your phone. This is so cool. Because, you know, at a hardware store, it's so hard to find stuff, especially a big one. And then uh, it's hard to find stuff. And, 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 what was I saying? Um, Oh, and people don't want to help, really, or they're busy, you know? So uh, the staff that does know stuff... They're pretty knowledgeable, but they don't know everything. So, like, I was looking for self-leveling caulk. <laughs> you know? Okay, so I walk into the store, and I see this app a built on a little billboard, big billboard, uh, you know, a link to the app and kind of what it looks like. It shows you, you can search for stuff, and it shows you on a map inside the store where it is, right? And so I download it, install it, 
run it, and I type in caulk. And it goes, here's all these caulks, uh, row, whatever, bay, whatever. And I'm like, you know, row four, aisle four, row, whatever. And I'm like, hey, that's pretty cool. But it's on the other side of the store, right? So I start walking for it. And then I'm like, uh, well, while I'm walking, I'll search for Amdro. I got to get, we got fire ants and that are trying to live inside the house. And so I'm like, well, I'll search for the Amdro while I'm walking to this other thing. So while I'm walking <laughs> to get the uh, the caulk, I uh, find, uh, I figure out which aisle the Amdro is on, right? And then I'm like, well, that's pretty freaking cool, you know? And, <laughs> and that's on the other side of the store. So while I'm walking to find one thing, I'm searching for another thing. And it's like I said, if you don't know where something is, Google it. What something is, Google it. And that'll help. And holy crap, this was cool. So if you're in charge of a business and you don't have this, get it done. Um, and if, you, uh, if you're looking for hardware stuff or you're looking for stuff in a big store, see if they have an app. Because, man, that makes it easy, you know? And um, I couldn't find... I found all this caulk, all this caulk, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, well, where's self-leveling? The guy told me to get self-leveling. And... Uh, so I couldn't find it, so I typed it in, and it says it's over here, you know, like this one aisle, or uh, one shelf. And I'm like, oh, awesome, man. It's really cool. Anyway, I went for a, um, a nice run this morning. I got a training tip for you. In the summer, if you live where it's really hot, like Texas, unbelievably hot in the summer, um, it's at least 90 degrees right now, really high humidity, wind coming off the Gulf, and... Um, there's a method to training, uh, training in high heat really compromises your training. So you'll notice that if you ride your bike, that it's actually cooler. And, uh, because you got a lot of wind flow than if you're running, right? So what you do is in the morning, it's uh, cooler, right? And in the afternoon it gets hotter and hotter and hotter. And also, um, well, wait, hold on. So, um, I went running and I took my dog with me and uh, we ran uh, for an hour and a half uh, and started at like 7.30 in the morning and it was really nice. Oh, last night, Emily and I went and saw the movie Chef, which is really good. If you got, if you got kids, it's actually even better. And then, um, and I recommend you go see it because uh, it really shows how people get into like good quality food and... Um, and what really matters in life and stuff. It's pretty cool. And discovering yourself and getting into what you're, you know, really into. Like, so a lot of us is endurance sports and triathlon and, um, self-realization kind of stuff. And then, um, so I'm running this morning, uh, and usually I would bike in the morning, but now I'm running in the morning now, now that it's summer and I, um, uh, the run was much, much better than if it was like super duper hot. And it was hot enough as it is. Um, probably 85 degrees, 80, let's say at least 80 degrees. But it's before the sun got up real high, you know, hour and a half. And I ran for an hour with the dog and then dropped him off and ran another half hour. And then, um, then in the evening, afternoon, when it's super, super hot, but the sun starts going down, uh, so you don't get so much sun exposure. You can go for a bike ride. And um, 
and the wind blowing by you uh, cools you down uh, a lot, and it's actually um, uh, it's actually better than what a lot of people do is bike in the morning and then run in the in the evening. Um, this is this is uh, it's different than what I normally do, and so this is like a different way of doing it, and you change with the seasons. Yeah, um, actually, in the winter, a lot of people will bike run in the morning and then uh, bike in the middle of the day so that they're warm. Um, and uh, you get better training out of it. Getting really, really hot during training compromises your training. It makes you so dehydrated that you're actually, um, uh, your recovery time from that, you're just not getting in a good workout. Um, you're so over, overly effed. And then, uh, uh, what else? Um, oh, I was going to say, it was kind of cool. I was thinking back of when I first started out running and I remember one time, like, running eight miles was just epic, you know. And um, today, I, I finished running for an hour and a half. And then I, I looked down at my watch when I finished. My Sunto Ambit 2, which kicks ass. I can't wait till they come out with the next one. I so hope it has Bluetooth on it. It'd be so cool. Um, uh, you know, like, alerts. And then um, uh, I looked down, and I've run 10.6 miles or something like that. I ran... For an hour and a half, I ran at a 9.09 pace, a 9-minute, nine 9-second nine pace. And I was purposefully running hills, what we call hills in my town, which is really nothing. But, you know, if it was flat, it would probably be a sub-9, you know. For an hour and a half, and I'm like, wow, how far have have I come? How far have we all come, you know, by, um, by just training and being consistent and uh, sticking with it? Not training too hard so you don't get injured. And... Um, and yeah, I mean, I haven't been, I haven't been like seriously injured in a long, long time. Um, even when I did crack my ribs earlier this year, I still trained on it. You know, that was from falling down. That really wasn't from overuse. <laughs> Tripping over a root while trail running, carrying a fully loaded Camelback and water bottle. So I was so top heavy and then slammed into the ground. That freaking hurt. All right, I got to put gas in my car. Out. Well, that was a crappy swim. Ugh. I'm driving back to my house after driving to the gym that has a pool and paying 10 bucks for a single day pass because that's all I ever use that gym for to use the pool. But I didn't start swimming in it. It just sucked. And after I felt like I was dying forever, I looked and it had only been 15 minutes. So I was like, man, I want to quit and go do something else except I paid 10 bucks. It's a problem with uh, training. Is like uh, that's one way you get overtrained. Is you commit to something, and then when it starts sucking, you're like, "Well, I put all these resources into doing it. Ten bucks for half an hour—that's a really poor return on investment." <laughs> and uh, for swimming for a gym, and uh, so I was trying to figure out. Oh, I finished. I swam kind of hard, kind of here and there, and then I uh, I decided to cut it at half an hour. So as it got close to half an hour, I swam butterfly for a little bit because I figured that would... Uh, I haven't swam butterfly much at all lately, and so I figured that would um, do me in pretty good, which it did, and then got out after 30 minutes. And then um, trying to figure out what made me feel like crap, and there's two suspects... One is as I was getting ready to leave the house and I had a small half a cup of ice cream 
half a you know slender coffee mug of ice cream and I was like well maybe you know the sugar crash from that probably um it was just a treat it's in the summer it's the afternoon yeah and then uh um what was the other thing oh I've been switching over from coffee to green tea and like I was saying earlier they're slightly different kinds of caffeine it's pretty much the same but um uh I have a headache and I'm like huh I wonder if it's caffeine withdrawal isn't if caffeine withdrawal is actually making things worse and maybe it is so um kind of feels like it for sure anyway that's it I'm blah I'm gonna have a cup of coffee and take a nap. <laughs> they don't seem like they go together, do they? But they will today. All right, out, bang. Hey, I thought I was recording, and I'm not. I'm in the uh, shade of a big shaggy oak. Um, or sycamore or something. Sycamore? It looks like a sycamore. Um, I don't know what this tree is. Maybe I'll have to find out. And uh, taking a pause to cool down in the breeze in some shade so that I stop sweating so much so I can put on some sunscreen because it's getting to be 10 o'clock and I'm halfway through a uh, three-hour bike ride. It's really nice out here in the countryside. Two-lane highway, no shoulder, but no traffic almost. 70 mile per hour speed limit. <laughs> but there's hardly ever anybody out here. Seen lots of snakes, unfortunately dead snakes in the road, and uh, saved a turtle, which was nice, and uh, got them out of the road right before a car came along. And then something else happened. Oh, I'm fueling with EFS, and I'm at about, uh, I'm doing 300 calories per hour, and I think that's a little low. I think I need more like um, 350, but uh, I think I'm going to run out of fuel. I've got it mixed into a, a clear bottle so I can see how fast I've gone through it. My fuel, a three-hour fuel bottle, it's a really good trick. You know, you make a fuel bottle for the length of your ride, and then you just pace yourself through it. And uh, take a take a glug of fuel, and then rinse your mouth out with water. Swallow it, and so a little bit more water. In fact, I need some water right now. And keep your water and your fuel separate for sure. If you didn't know that one, it's always a good tip. <sighs> that way, you can take on more fuel without. You can take on more hydration if you need it without messing up your stomach with fuel. And that's an old one. Oldie but a goodie. And uh, I'm doing about 300 calories per hour. But I think I need more like 350, which would be pretty typical. And then I think that's it. I'm going to put on some sunscreen, man. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Halfway through a three-hour ride. It's nice. Ah, uh, yeah. Let's do this. Uh-oh, here comes truck. Better quit jacking around. All right. Hey, birdies. How are y'all doing? All right, I, I think that's a show. <laughs> Whew, man, I uh, knocked out an hour run last night. That ended up being four hours for the day on Sunday. Kai's on a road trip, so it's easy to, to get in a little bit bigger volume. And uh, ran with a dog, and um, very, very hot. Had to spray him down with the hose before we got going and then let him swim in a pond um, when we were almost done. And uh, that definitely helps them uh, stay cooler. Dogs can't sweat, so they they get overheated really easily. And 
I think the high today is 92, and later on in the week it's 94. And I'm outside right now, and it's um, even though it's it's not even 7 a.m. yet, and it's 90 uh, percent humidity. I think 91 percent humidity. So that's what we're dealing with here in, in Texas. But um, let's see. So yesterday I uh, used EFS on the uh, bike as a fuel and it's pretty high in sodium and I went by feel instead of by calories and I ended up having a really nice day because of it. Um, uh, my my point is, is that if you do a big training day, a lot of times um, as the day goes on, you get more and more exhausted. Uh, when you finish a uh, ride, a long ride, say a three-hour ride like I did, um, you're, you uh, have no energy. Um, that's a sign you underfueled. Um, you know, needing to collapse and, and take naps and, and rest and overeat, you know, pig out when you're done. That means you didn't eat enough during. And um, uh, yesterday I did chores around the house after, um, after I finished my bike ride. I uh, uh, worked on the front door. We got some driveway cracks that I was filling with caulk and <clears throat> the caulk gun. And, um, and then after dinner, um, I went for a run with the dog for, um, for an hour. And that was, uh, the, the speed and the ease of the, the ease of the run was actually a really good indicator of good fueling. Um, I ran an 845 or an 846 pace for an hour. And that's after biking 60 miles, um, earlier today. And that's with the dog, you know, yanking on me and pulling me around and sideways and everything. And, um, that's a sign. Oh, and then this morning I woke up and weighed myself and I was, uh, I'm not dehydrated and, uh, uh, weight had actually, uh, stayed level or dropped a little bit, uh, over the past few days. So, um, a thumbs up for, for, uh, EFS, um, except it's, it's too expensive. <laughs> All this stuff's really expensive, you know, and, and, uh, Sorry, Emily came outside and was looking at me. The um, let's see, next episodes uh, we have. I have an interview already recorded with uh, some women that are. Um, uh, one of them is sight impaired and uh, visually impaired, uh, blind. <laughs> I don't know the politically correct term, and um, that's going to be a really cool episode. Uh, they're a uh, a, a team where, uh, one of them helps the other and one of them got, um, the, uh, the, the one that's blind has, um, qualified for Kona, a oh, lottery qualified for Kona, but whatever. It's going to be really, really cool. It's a cool episode. And I want to give you a couple tips, um, while I was running. Oh yeah. The, um, the interval work that I've done over the past, oh, you know, a couple months, um, few months has really paid off because I could tell on my run this evening um, that I was actually, uh, my run form had changed and and I was leaning more forward, which gives me a more aggressive run, which makes me faster. But at the same time, it wasn't bothering me to do so. Um, like I'd settled into that as a more natural form. So I was able to do it economically. Um, so... <clears throat> What, you know, a different, 
a different technique will be faster than another technique. Um, but you, um, but because it's different, you, um, it's not economical, you know, cause you're not used to doing it. Um, and for a long while it'll, you know, raise your heart rate and burn more calories. And while I was running last night, uh, so then it's, it's not as economic, it's not as fast for the long haul. It's fast for a short haul, but not as fast for, not as fast for a long, long haul. Cause it ended up wearing you out. Um, but last night I was running for an hour and as the hour went on, I kept running this way and, um, I was lengthening out my stride and pushing off better and, and the slight leaning forward, um, so that when you push off the ground, it pushes you forward instead of if you don't lean forward enough, when you push off the ground, it just pushes you up. <laughs> so the more you lean forward in a, to a point, um, the faster you go, uh, you just gotta, you gotta get used to it. And I was doing it. It was really, really nice. So I had a nice run and I think, um, I think that's about it. Oh, and I woke up this morning and, um, was sitting there going, hmm, you know, should I work out or not? Oh, I have a new technique. <laughs> Here you go. If you can't get up with on time in the morning without an alarm clock, then uh, you needed to sleep in. That's what I decided this morning. Last, um, I had some problems with my phone the other day, and I had to reset the settings because my screen was acting all crazy. The person on support was like, well, reset your settings. And I'm like, well, it's going to mess everything up. They're like, no, it won't. Well, of course it did. It, it lost all of my alarms on my phone, for example. And um, since that happened, I haven't put any back in. And what I've noticed is that um, if I'm recovered enough and I'm ready to train, I get I automatically wake up early enough and I don't need the alarm. And if I'm not recovered enough, let's let's say I like to get up at five o'clock, right? So this morning I got up, uh, if I'm going to go swim, I need to get up at five so that I can get all my stuff together and then go swim. Well, this morning I rolled over and I looked at my watch and, um, and the Sunto Ambit 2 has just this killer back screen light on it. It's pretty rad. I turned it on. It like blinds you, which is good. And the, um, I turn it on and I'm like, whoa, uh, it's 5.15. I'm tired. I don't feel like rushing. There you go. That's, uh, it's time to sleep in. And then, um, and it's time to, uh, rest. And today I, uh, rested. (laughs) I, uh, didn't, I didn't go swim and I'm going to sit and recover the, uh, Sammy style interval stuff that I did really did teach me the uh, value of recovery and, um, to take time off that you get addicted to, uh, doing more and more volume and it's not necessarily better. So I was like, I'll just sleep in and relax and, and, uh, chill. And you'll actually, this, that was a sign. The sign that you didn't get up in time is a sign that you needed to, uh, sleep in and recover. And then as I was getting ready this morning, walking around, um, I knew I was right because I was doing something a couple times this morning. I'm moving around and, and picking things up and, and I'm like, oh, I need to go in this room and do something, right? Uh, turn on the shower, but then I'm like, oh, I need to go grab this uh, thing over here. And as I'm as I'm going through almost kind of, not, not really, quick motions, I notice my heart rate jumps up and uh, I have to catch my breath a little bit. And I'm like, yep, 
that's it. That's a sign. Uh, you, you need to rest. And so that's what I'm doing. All right, so that's it for this episode. I want everybody to stay safe out there. Whew, it's a hot, hot summer uh, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere. And uh, lots of races going on, so be careful. You can't race if you crash. <laughs> so don't crash. And everybody stay safe out there. Uh, work the uphills, cruise the downhills, and keep the rubber side down. Out. Out.